Hey everyone, welcome to another week of 185 Miles South. This week we're going to do another episode of Talking Nardcore with Joe and Stu, and it's going to be awesome, like every time. Um, if you want to support the show, please like, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And I've decided if you guys can get me to 150, uh, I think they say it's a, a rating on the Apple Podcasts, I will do a deep dive on Fugazi. How about that? If you want to go the extra mile and support the show, you can become a Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash 185 miles south and become a monthly contributor. And uh, those are the real American heroes, man. Let me, uh, it's about that time. I I think I should go through and and shout out to everyone again. And uh, in the future, if you guys want me to shout out to someone else, like your mom or your cat, let me know. And uh, I will do that instead of your name. I know some people are are uncomfortable. But uh, this is alphabetical. But no, I love you all equally. Although this first one I might love more. And it's uh, the main man, Adam Madball Heckman. Much love. Uh, We got Adrian Gonzalez. You got to check out his band Tuning. Fucking hold it down, NorCal. Albert Moreno. We got Albert Moshard. You know you want to buy that Death Rays clothing shit. So Google that and buy some Death Rays clothing. We got uh, Alex Pion. We got Andy Diehard. Uh, check out Ill Communication. We got Anthony McCullough. Uh, basically the only guy buffer than a 1998 Don. Um, Alex Lewis, the, the legend from By All Means. Roger's first band. Hell yeah. We got... Uh, you know, Ben, I love you. I can never pronounce your last name. Ben Nahum, but uh, stay strapped, brother. Bobby Wilcox from the Mighty River Bottom Nightmare Band. We got Brian and David Stallworth. That's Civil Conflict and Family Representing. We got uh, Byron Serta. We got Carl Valdez, the legendary original drummer of Ill Repute. We got Casey Weisenbacher. We got Charlie Alvarez. You got to check out that new Warriors record. It just came out uh, last week. Order that shit. It's fucking awesome. Uh, we got Chris Holden. That's the uh, original bass player of In Control. Hell yeah, Chris. Uh, Clayton Morris. We got Corey Williams. Fucking L.A. hardcore legend. Uh, Daniel Rochin. Um, much thanks to you, brother. Appreciate the generosity. Uh, Dan Sant of uh, the podcast 400 Miles North. We got Davi Rivas of uh, Marlboro Records fame. Uh, Donovan Coffey. Uh, he's a man. He's coming up on a future episode of uh, this Talking Nardcore. You got Dustin Vogel. You got Eddie Numskull. Um, also coming up soon. We're going to interview him in January. Uh, Emil Gilmanov. Garrett Eli Georgopoulos. Uh, got the mighty, mighty Greg at back, a.k.a. Beavis. Um, we got the podcast favorite couple, Steve and Heather Wailea. Congratulations on the marriage, guys. Um, that's awesome. Wish you all the best. We got Jacob Mendez. He's holding down the Nard in Denver. Got Rob Moran. If you're in San Diego, you got to go to Heartwork Coffee. If you don't, can you really say he came to San Diego? We got Jason Campbell. We got Jason Neal. We got Jeff Hershey, the man from Night Demon. Joe Rivas, the legend, also episode number one. 
and also on this podcast this week. John F., we got Josh Belcher, my brother from another mother. We got Matthew Kearney, Max McDonald. Uh, you got to buy that No Motive and The Sadness Prevails just got re-released. You got to pick that up. Um, it's been out of press for like 20 years. It's like a $50 record on Discogs now. So buy that repress. Maybe uh, I listen to it all the time, but maybe flip it in 10 years and get paid. You got Mike, Par- Mike Paris, excuse me. Nico Adir, we got the legendary Pika, Rick Sakamoto, Doghouse Forever, dude. You got Robert Cole, impeached, represent. You got Ryan Spellacy, you got Sergio Chavez. Uh, you got to check out his band, The Eulogy. They're fucking awesome. And uh, you, it's gonna, you're going to be fucking awesome when you got the greatest American hardcore songwriter of all time in your band, right? Um Skyler Maloney, Stuart Wilson, Omega Point. Check that shit out. Um, and also check this podcast out. What's up, Stu? Wes Woodring and my main dude, Michael Wolf. Uh, if you're in Portland, go to the Fishwife and uh, have Micah cook you a meal, man, if you're lucky. Hopefully he's working that day. Um, that's all. Thank you so much, guys. Um, I know this is a, a long intro, but. Doing a project like this <clears throat> is very hard to get going. And, you know, you think it's going to be kind of easy, but you end up dumping, like, a ridiculous amount of money to get going. And so I really, really appreciate all the people that can keep this, uh, like, really close to, like, a break-even for me right now. So you guys are keeping it going. Because I don't know if I could have gone this long if I was losing a few hundred dollars a month like I was for the first uh, handful of months. So thanks so much for your support, and uh, let's hit the show. One hundred eighty-five miles south. A hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? On uh, this week, we're back. We're doing talking hardcore with them Nard Boys, uh, episode one. The legend <laughs> Joe Rivas, <laughs> Phantom Rivas. Yeah, man, and uh, and uh, Stu. Hey. A future legend. Hi, everybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Stu Wilson. We're back. This week, we are going to talk about what we consider the Hall of Fame of Nardcore. We're going to briefly do the 70s, and then we're going to do the 1980s. Um, and then the next time we get together, we'll do the 90s. Also, after we do this, we're going to interview Becca. Becca Porter. Yeah, we're gonna have Becca Porter on. So, and she's gonna talk about um, basically being punk rock in the late seventies and the early eighties, and basically going to shows in Oxnard area, LA area, working at BYO in its inception, and like through the nineties. And uh, it's really rad to have like another outside perspective on all that old school stuff. And a woman. Yeah, and a woman <laughs> in the heyday of punk and hardcore. Yeah. 
she's awesome. So that is coming up after um, we bullshit on all this legendary stuff from our yeah. uh, our home scene. So go ahead and story time. Yeah, and we're gonna start bringing in a segment of uh, the mighty mighty forest, and he's gonna come on and tell us a story every time too. Yeah, and uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be something. We hope you all enjoy it. Um, Lots of laughs. <clears throat> that's right. The LOLs will be had. Um, let's briefly talk on the 70s because we are going to include. Um, okay, well, first off, we're doing the Nardcore Hall of Fame. So hit the fucking trumpets. To start it off, we are going to induct <clears throat> the second Rotters 7-inch, which is Sink the Whales. Now, the first one, the sit on, my stay, sit on My Face Stevie Nicks, is maybe more famous, but... It's a great title. It's great, and the song is good, but the song Sink the Whales is a fucking amazing song. <clears throat> it's an infectious, like, late 70s punk song that can hold up against basically, you know, anything from the era. It's tongue-in-cheek, it's awesome, it's drivey, it's just a classic song. So for our area, they're a band. They're like a original 77, 78 punk band from Camarillo. And so we're inducting that. <clears throat> Let's move on to the 80s. And uh, four, seven inches. Mm-hmm. Let's do seven inches first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Joe, go ahead and, and tell us what we got. You want me to read all of them? No, let's do one at a time. Well, we'll each take one. Well, you can just tell us, and then we'll we'll riff on them. Okay. Yeah. So first, we decided the RKL "It's a Beautiful Feeling," yeah, seven inch no, is in the Hall of Fame. Narcore Hall of Fame. Yes, and this is 1984. Yeah. Yeah, so RKL starts just basically like maybe a year after everyone else, right? Yeah. So because we're the the big four of Nardcore proper are doing LPs in 84. Yeah. RKL is doing their 7-inch 84, and their LP comes out in 85. Yeah. But this thing is ripping out the gate Yeah. of like just next level shredding for young kids in a 7-inch. And Santa Barbara area, mm-hmm. yeah. So, or Montecito, Santa Barbara, Montecito, uh, kind of sc- scattered about there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's going in. Any uh, any words on it, Stu? <laughs> Dude, like the art. Oh yeah. So let's talk about that. The uh, is it the debut of Dan Sites? Is he known for anything prior to this? Do you know Flyers? I want to say prior. Yeah. Okay. I think so too, but maybe maybe some Section Eight stuff too. Okay. But this is Which like is kind of a few of the guys' bands prior to the RKL. Yeah. Sure, but this is 
Dan Sites laying down some artwork, which becomes completely iconic. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, just why, why is why such a amazing song? Yep. For in them being as young as they are, and yeah. like how perfectly structured that song is, mm-hmm. and and, and uh, um. In all aspects, you know the, the musical staging that that they do throughout it, the you know the change, the 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 end, uh, like everything about it is just phenomenal. That's the whole seven inch. Obviously, is super good. Yes, but that song just it's a standout. Yeah, it just sure. stands out. Yeah, uh, that and like tell me the truth. The intro to that song, I fucking love. Yeah. Um. The drumming, I feel like this seven inch and then the LP they do after <clears throat> is like har- uh, a blueprint. I think in in terms of hardcore, like it's fast. Bombers drumming is unreal, um, and just the riffs. I think just like the song structures too. Um, yeah. It's all just it just lays it out for a lot of my favorite bands, whether or not I, f- whether or not they take direct influence from it, but I feel like it's the most hardcore sounding hardcore record of them. Of of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the most straightforward in the, and then the LP as well, which we'll get to. Um, because I think that they just go fully fucking buck wild on the 87 record oh, dude. on rock and roll nightmare, which I think is their apex. Yeah. But we'll get there. Yeah. So, RKL 7-inch is going in Nardcore Hall of Fame. Yep. What we got next? How about the uh, False Confession self-titled? Let me hide myself in you. Let me hide myself in you. Just as I am without one but I do Yeah. Now, this is a band. They're still playing. They're still ripping. But as far as output, at the time they did this seven inch, and they did the song on Nardcore, which is which is also on the seven yeah. inch, and uh, I mean, maybe they're on one of the comps. I can't. Remember. I didn't go look, but I don't. You don't think Discog doesn't say so, but that doesn't mean they're not. Yeah, I just can't because there's so many Mystic comps. I just can't. yeah, I should I should have pulled everything out and looked, yeah. but I can't remember that anything else is on. Yeah, so this is just. It's the standalone contribution of False Confession, demos, but that's that's much later. Than yeah, the demos out, so. came out a couple of years ago on LP, and and they don't touch this. This is like solid, Pinnacle perfect. Stuff, yeah, it's it's the same stuff that like it took a lot of time <clears throat> crafting these songs. Not to say that that the demo songs aren't aren't good, but these are like these are the cream of the crop of those songs. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. rivaling what Dr. No is doing at the time. Yeah. You know, it's, I think there's, a, there's a lot of like the DB love in all those early Oxnard guys. Yeah. And this is hitting kind of on the fringes of that. Like where Dr. No kind of went full in that way. This is like just on the fringe, but it's so infectious, so catchy, so driving. Yeah, clean sounding. You hear everything. Yeah, for, the for, recording is fucking great. For a Mystic yeah. recording, it's got to be one of the best ones. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for you sure. Know? So, you know, but yeah, so it's in there, and and I love the artwork. Yeah, and there's yeah. Oh, uh, dude. Back to the recording. There's like not a ton of that that 
you know the mystic uh, uh, echo chamber stuff going on on it. So yeah, yeah someone knew how to it, use a blanket this it's time. It's really huh? clean. Yeah, maybe Scott. I don't know. Yeah, and then it ends up with a piano. Fucking sick, dude. It's like a mini LP. Yeah, like it, dude, it, it, totally. ta- it takes you on a ride. Yeah, like for a seven inch, which is usually like, oh yeah, kind of like the next step past the demo. This thing is like well thought out. Takes you on a fucking ride, and like, it's. I mean, it's a satisfying listen. Like, of you get a full perspective of this band. Um, I I wish they would have done an LP like one year later. It would have been so interesting. Yeah, because they could have gone in so many directions, right? Yeah, they could have. So yeah, but Fred, you know, joined Doctor No right away. Sure, pretty much. Some of the songs I think ended up in Doctor No. Yeah, as Doctor No songs. Well, we'll have to get him soon, and, and what have you. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to get him and, and narrow down the whole story. You know, Scott and uh, uh, I can't remember who else right now. You know, started the band The Rain, and that's that's that was their immediate project afterwards. Scott got, you know, really into. Learning his musical craft, you know. Mm. Um, so I think that was the, the end of it for him. But uh, anyway, so maybe just a perfect storm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it, it's it's just a, it's a perfect snapshot of 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 that early '80s. Not one of the big four. Yeah, although they're like they're you know they're they're on the edge of that. Yeah, I I, I can't not. Put them in. I just gotta say, you gotta have. You had to had to do an LP. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like the LP is the the benchmark for kind of. Yeah. Okay. You know. But this seven inch is definitely in the Hall of Fame. Yes, that's why it is. Yes. Yeah. And we got one more, one more seven inch. Okay. What do you think it is? It is Doctor No, the Burn EP. Which is probably the greatest Narcore seven inch there is. Yeah. yeah, you know, just I mean the song alone. <clears throat> the right. song, the song's so ahead of its time. Just the riffery. It's the perfect Doctor No song. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's the best Doctor well, No every, song. Every song on that seven inch is, you know, deprogrammed. Uh, um, obviously, watch it burn itself. Uh, um, I ice, ice, ice house. house. Yeah. I mean. You know, with that, you know, Kyle's weird has that weird uh, uh, effect on his voice, and, mm-hmm. and it's just everything about it is so good. Um, fast, it's a. Th- I'm pretty All sure guys. that's just a three piece too. I think it's just Kyle, Ismail, and uh, and and Rick playing on that too. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that that's between Plug and Jesus and and. And, well, I know it's between Plug and Jesus and and uh, uh, This Island Earth before Fred came back, but maybe he's on there. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, it's got to be there. So let's talk about the the white elephant that we're. It's so hard to leave off. In my opinion, the best seven inch what? of the eighties. Is that that what we're talking about? No, well, I'm saying the white elephant in the room is that we're not putting Lana no toilets in. Yeah, 
That's that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. But so, you think that's the best seven inch? In my opinion, yeah. Of all, then we should put it in. Well, you are the legend. Yeah, you, you can overrule. Want, you guys don't want it in. I was gonna say Rat Pack, but that's just me. Yeah, I love the Rat Pack seven inch too. Yeah, I just Both I, I think that the Irrepute LP is so much better than this, and I almost want to put this in for Sleepwalking Alone because it's like. Amazing song. Mm-hmm. Amazing. But the record is, it's just not what, I don't know. Is I don't, I don't know. It's all a fan. So here's, here's my take. The songs are amazing. Mm-hmm. There's so much energy and power behind all of them. And um, the performances of everybody in the band is like on par. And they're children when they do this. Uh, you know, I mean, teenagers, you know. And... Um, my one, and, and, and this is, this is the drawback for, for much of that mystic stuff too, is that the recording is terrible. Tony's, Tony's tone is just that tone though. Terrible. It's like the worst guitar. And that's not his ever. fault, but they just didn't, you know, no, I know, but that's but, but the then, thing. But then you listen to the <clears throat> false confession one and then like how much I know, but that's the thing I want to, yeah. I want to hold our Nardcore hall of fame standard to the standard that I would hold yeah, other but, stuff too. And I, I just think that like the seven inches is not there yet. Yeah. But you know, you, but you put that, uh, what, um, Rotter seven inch in. So I think it's a great seven inch. You didn't. Uh, you could have shot it down. We are we yanking it? No, we're yanking no, the no, water. We're not, we're not yanking well, it. Well, it's the only thing that came out in that decade. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they did the two seven inches. So I don't know. I thought it should go in. I think that song is insane. And this is a two song seven inch. Like it's yeah. a forty five. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. Sorry, dudes. <laughs> Sleepwalking alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it should. I just think that like so. They, it's an honorable mention for me. That's that's how I have. Well, it, it would be list. it would be the highest possible honorable mention. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and it, it sounds better on clear vinyl. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> I have, a but first it's, it's press. my favorite. That's the only first press I have of anything. Yeah. Outside of my Jawbreaker records, but I think I have every variation of the the Land of No Toilets. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good on blue, also. flexing dude I'll display this guy Uh, (laughs) alright so so move on to the LPs yeah let's go to the LPs yeah what's first no repute what happens next Yeah, I mean, here we go. Let's go into it. It's like a perfect LP that nothing ever sounded like before or after. The first but time the symbol is used on the knuckles, on or on the back, on the well, the back and 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 the writing on something that's that that's for mass uh, consumption. Um. You know, it was on flyers and people saying it and spray painting all over town. You say the narcor sign, the narcor sign, yeah, yeah. And then, as as Stu pointed out, the narcor on the knuckles. Well, the, the, the written out. zoomed yeah. in the amount of times that fucking little narcor sign human. has been zoomed in <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> used is yeah. unreal. Yeah. Oh, who did the 
<clears throat> that 3D one on the back. <clears throat> Who drew that? If you know? I don't know. Because that thing's rad. I had a Stalag shirt with that on the back. Yeah. I lost that shirt. Fucking bummed. I would think Jaime, but I uh, yeah. or, or Gilbert. I don't know. I mean, I would assume Jaime. Yeah. Okay. But but it's honestly, I don't, I don't. It's know. fucking tight. It should have blew your mind because he did the cover. So yeah. The cover um, is fucking yeah. The cover so, art alone. So the art is great. The pictures are fantastic, and it's just enough music that um, it's 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 like the perfect amount of songs. Yeah, and they have like some straightforward like hardcore bangers like fill it up. Yeah, <laughs> and then they just have like or wait, songs that go like totally wild. Like what happens next? Where it's like this is just like a blast yeah. of energy, or you know. Hardcore, you get a straightforward like yeah. hardcore song, and then you got the goat song booking his cover. Yeah. yeah, I mean, musically, lyrically, fucking perfect. It's like one of those songs where it's like, if if I wanted to show someone why I love punk rock and hardcore music, I could give them that one song. Yeah. And it's like you're gonna get a little bit of everything in here. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those perfect, perfect songs. Yeah, I think I think you know, my, my brother brother and I played that for my mom because she was interested in like, okay, well, what's this punk rock stuff you guys are listening to? And so we played her that, and we played her Intense Energy from Aggression, and you know, she like listens to those and you know, re- re- reading the lyrics mm-hmm. and like, she, hey, this is actually, yeah, this is not about you know what what, what was being fed to her through through television that sure. that, mm-hmm. that these punk rockers are all you know. Dude, you know, shooting drugs and, you know, that's all it's about is just, you know, chaos. It wasn't, there was, there was some substantial meaning to, to what those were trying to say. Now, obviously intense energy is about skateboarding, but that, that made her also feel like, okay, well it's, they're, they're talking about saying, stuff that they're, that's fun to them. That they yes, like. Well, and yeah. I mean, I mean the Starlink Chorus, yeah. right? It's a yeah. way to release intense energy. Yeah. So it's like, I'm releasing my energy by doing this instead of getting in fights, yeah. doing drugs, yeah. Whatever, now maybe right? the reality of the situation for at least in the aggression case is that you know maybe they were actually doing that other stuff and skateboarding but, helped but, them, but at least they were. It did, but what you put putting, out to putting you, forward a, po- a positive exactly yeah. what you put yeah. out to the world is still like yeah. there. There was a consciousness in the lyrics that it's like yeah. Here's a here's a different way to yeah. be. You know? Yeah. And sometimes like you need to, you know, this this is a terrible metaphor, which I'm sure Daniel will love because he loves all my metaphors, even when they're <laughs> fucking great. And this is a bad one, but it's like how they kind of say that, how they say, uh, this is dress, no, 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 no. But dress, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. You yeah. know, I think that lyrically sometimes it's like that too. It's like, Hey, I might not be living the perfect life. Maybe, you yeah. know, you have okay. drug yeah, problems or maybe going. I like, you know, maybe you are a little prone to violence or you have a temper or whatever, but it's like, you know, this, Get out and skateboarding, kids. Like, don't you don't have to live like me. Focus on this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I like that, but that's a different record. <laughs> but it's okay. We can talk about those both together. Yeah, well, because it's also on the list. So yeah, but but let's let's finish out on on the ill repute. Yeah. What happens next? Uh, you guys touch on the artwork, but let's just talk about how iconic the artwork is. Yeah. I mean, to be black and white and just be so iconic. Uh-huh. Yeah. And amazing, and just just the font, like the ill repute font, will can never be replicated. And even the what happens next in the lower corner, 
Yeah. It's like, what the fuck that is that? Kind of yeah, in like it's a like, That could sorta, never be yeah. like rep, like replicated. Yeah, it's so cool. And it's then that cool. uh, the Serbian team uh, basketball team that stole their thing and made that <laughs> huge banner. Yeah. You never seen that? No. Oh, we're gonna have to, we'll have to show us yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah, that's rad. Um, <laughs> but and then also like the three dimensional narco sign on the yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. Like oh shit. Yeah. I made I made a banner of that Vince and I did. Fucking huge, yeah. And uh, I think uh, ceremony played at Rock City and the we'll singer to... wore it as a cape. Oh, that's sick. It was tight. We should send it to uh, Croatia the next time we play Serbia. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the you guys front front cover or back cover, guys. We're um, <laughs> we're uh, skipping. Or we, we just didn't mention the actual song, Oxnard. Mm-hmm. It opens with, dude. It's fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for like. You know, to not be a big city and then have a band talk about your town yeah, is kind of like, yeah, it's cool. And yeah. it's definitely like, I mean, definitely influenced the three of our bands, right? We've yeah, all sang about Oxnard. Yeah. And that, and, and even the secret lyrics part. Yeah. It's like that influenced in control. Yeah. On its own, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Although I was disappointed to know that he didn't really have lyrics. Yeah. I, I mean, he's singing other. lyrics, but he doesn't remember them, and they change all the time. That's, that's, I mean, that's cool, though. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but. But, the, I mean, that song is been influential. I mean, just on the pod, you know, Ryan talked about that being, like, what got him into punk. Jeff talked about that being what got him yeah. into punk. His, and they stole each other's stories. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah. Um I mean it certainly um helped solidify to me that this is what I wanted to do. That there's these guys singing about my hometown, the town that I live in that I'm growing up in, and then there's a song about it. Like what what is this about? Yeah, it's the reason so, why so, I so never it made me more quizzical. You know, and I already knew them. I didn't realize that these are guys I know already. You know, yeah, yeah. So. There's a little something to it if you wanted to go deeper. It could be more about like it's loving yourself and where you're from, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like and being proud of like whatever you got, make yeah. it work for you, right? Yeah. yeah, like it's probably the reason why I never claimed SoCal hardcore. You know what I what mean? Does that like, even mean like I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But but like but but I don't know if you're if you're from some random town in the IE or you're some I don't know if you're from Blythe like maybe you know like but yeah. I, fuck it I'd claim Blythe hardcore man make that it work. Blythe hardcore would be hard dude <laughs> well that's why fucking diehard youth is this shit right it's yeah. like they always claim Tachapi yeah that's that, tight. and, that's, and that makes them like you know yeah we're here this is us yeah you know I mean and that that's always been a, a um. A kicker for me that why why I enjoyed and they had a symbol that. too yeah. because they they owned it you yeah know? yeah so it's like I mean even regardless of what you think about the band if you wanted to if you wanted to just look at a map and do hardcore history and say like that town who came from there there's a lot of towns you can't name someone from yeah. exactly you know yeah because maybe they just I don't know they just claim the biggest metropolitan city they're closest to right or yeah yeah. Or NorCal or SoCal or whatever, but dude, you point at Tachapi, I I could name a hardcore band from there. Yeah, you yep. know, so that's sick. But uh, cool. And also, we got to mention that Carl's drumming is 
like this is the album. He he has a very unique style, yeah. and this album is just really suited for that style. Yeah, it's like it's loose enough that he can get loose enough, and it's tight enough that when he needs to hone it in, he hones it. He's flair, yeah, right, yeah. But it's like some of these songs they just allow in, and again, I just I feel like talking about music on this podcast. I feel like I'm always dialing in on things that are kind of just like a glimpse in time that can never be recaptured. Yeah. Like nothing sounded like something before it or after it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is one of those. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's only one year after Land of the Toilets. It sounds light years ahead. Totally. Completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course they never sounded like this again. Yeah. You know, uh, Carl's drumming is phenomenal. Jim's bass playing, like, like, how clean clean it sounds yes. it cuts through especially in like both book and its cover but even in like wayward or what you know whatever mm-hmm. um it is inspirational to 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 so many other bass players that that have come since since then like that's that in tony's guitar playing for that matter too in john's vocal delivery for that matter sure. like uh-huh. every every single bit of that is the groundwork for Everybody else thrown in with the the rest of these records we're going to get to here in a minute, but um, yeah, because this is also John taking the step and just like going for it instead of singing along with the guitar. Yeah. So it's, it's him oh, really dude, voice into cracking his own. like everything, and yeah. they kept all the takes, and yeah. it's just like yeah. so raw, so yeah, good. yeah. So yeah, what was next, dude? I'm I love it. Stellar thirteen happens next. Yeah, well, we should do the aggression because we already started talking about it. Yeah, we'll just jump, jump to aggression. Don't be mistaken. Okay, so now of all these LPs in the 80s, this is the earliest one. This one's 1983. Yeah. And... It's on one of two that's not on Mystic, because it's on BYO. And uh, probably the most straightforward, traditional punk of all of them, right? What is... Like, I mean, like, I, a, like a mid-tempo, a more of like a black flag. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't know. Hmm. You don't think so? No, but... I would say it's, keep keep going with that. And then it's it, just it, more it, of a, more of a, me that that would, well, no, I would just say it's like more of a traditional punk rock in the formula of like what early '80s California punk rock sounded sure. like. Okay, yeah, like but it's like, closer to like the adolescence or adolescence circle jerks. Yes, Black Flag. I don't know because there's so many you know those break well, stops and all that weird stuff that Greg would do. You know, that, sure, so. but the but the down strumming and the mid tempo and yeah. Being drivey and yeah. not not breaking into the fast stuff, although they yeah. do have the outliers. Yeah, um, they do do a couple like fast songs. Yeah, for sure. But the majority is mid tempo, drivey SoCal punk. Yeah, yeah, and slaying the style. Yeah, completely. You know, like knocking it out of the fucking park. Yeah. So catchy again. If you want to like dial into everyone's playing, um, I mean. Henry's guitar work is out of this world. Yeah, Henry. And uh, Mark's singing is like... I have two notes for this. It's a skateboarding and cat killer solo. 
<laughs> Dude, that that's so. Oh my god, it still gets to me to to, to this day. You know when he breaks it, meow, meow, you yeah. know, like it's so fucking amazing. I, I want to cry, especially now because he's gone. You know, and yeah. and we lost Henry, but um, no, he's yeah, amazing, yeah, for guitarists. I mean, what a shredder, yeah. Uh, Aber's drumming is great on this. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Bob's bass playing, if it may be Henry or Mark actually playing bass on it, but I don't know. That's is that that's a rumor? A, that's a rumor. Um, and uh, and then Mark's vocals are just so good on you know? fire. Yeah, so good. Um, you know, like you said, a wide range of songs. Uh, uh, it's a long LP. Yeah, it's a pretty long LP. Well, um, if if you're used to the CD version or the digital version, there's a few songs on the end of it that aren't on the LP, right? Because they put on the "Somebody Got Their Head Kicked In." Two of the songs. Songs in the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rat Race and uh, uh, Dear John the Letter, but they yeah. didn't put the other version of Intense Energy on. Okay. Which I don't understand why, but yeah. Which is crazy because, like, maybe I, our I, guest can answer that later. Yeah, I, I always considered Dear John Letter like part of this record, even though I listened to it. I on love the that song, one. dude. Yeah. Like, this song is so good, <laughs> so fucking good. But, and it's yeah. a different version than than, than the Norcore version. So too, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, another yeah, great record that is in that Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. That's that artwork. That was the first. Oh yeah, Glenn. Yeah. Just skateboarder. Friedman. Yeah, the original artwork, not the current artwork. <laughs> what, the one that's just white? Yeah. yeah. I, I think Fred actually wrote to me and said that that was like a, it's, it was an error. Oh, okay. Mm. okay. Yeah. So it's like, I think it's back in press in one of the. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Good. So the yeah. skateboarding picture is, you know, like, that sold me on it. Like, yeah. Like, I'm oh, sure man, it sold. I, I, I got to have this. Right? And then, you know, the, the, the skeleton, um, Caricatures of the band on the back. That's the cool, and, so yeah, fucking cool. So cool. Yeah. You know, what do you tattoo. Got? Joe's got it. Sick. Little Henry. Um, yeah. So, aggression. Don't be mistaken. Yeah. Body Count was the first Nordcore song I ever heard before I moved to Oxnard. I bought, um, it was this, it's funny because it was um, that skate company Sessions. Mm-hmm. They had uh, a shirt. This in 23rd? And it ha- yeah. Funny the circle how yeah how it goes. Anyway, so. um, but I went in to get a shirt at the skate shop and there was a, had the skeleton and the cop frisking him and I was like I want that shirt that shirt's rad. I get it and I'm walking around town and this dude's like oh aggression I'm like what is that? Go home figure it out and then a couple weeks to a month later my dad's like we're moving to Oxnard and I was like. That's where aggression's from. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rules. Yeah. Yeah, that's badass. Um, so let's move on to the one that Stu said. Stalag. Yeah. Which is Stalag 13. In Control. 1984 Upstart Records. So another one that's not a mystic, and uh, yeah. this one definitely benefits 
from recording elsewhere because this recording so good is so clean and so good and it's I don't know uh, this one's a really hard one to describe because it just without saying oh it just sounds really clean and really good <laughs> but like I don't know you hear everything really clearly super drivey. It's got that old school sound, but again, like you, just, you hear everything perfectly. Yeah, um, I can't really describe it because there's like it's re- there's reverb on it. It's a little reverb. It's a little it's reverb-y, pretty clean, but it's yeah, but it's not like mystic reverb. No, so. it's not. No, 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 no. no. It's reverb in the good way. <laughs> it's yeah. reverb when all the the tones of all the stringed instruments are represented well. Yeah. Um, and again, just bangers. I mean, starting out first song, yeah, condition, condition. Yeah, you know, one of the John's John's bass is the, the, the you know all all of the sonic qualities of all the instruments sound perfect. Mm-hmm. But John John's bass on that, yeah, man, so good. Yeah. Like, oh man, here we are. Here we are. Bam. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean that that song can just catch you. You yeah. know, so sick. Yeah. Um, black and gray. Everyone's Dude. everyone's favorite like semi tear jerker, but like yeah. you're my bro. But you know, it's like, do I want to slam or cry? <laughs> you know? That's when you do the arm and arm in the pit. Yeah, yeah. it was like the original yeah. Pennywise bro. Yeah, <laughs> like I love you, brother, but don't look me in the again. Eye. Here's another record with a ton of like super posy message songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and uh, but also like the—I don't want to say the beginning of like the the youth crew thing. But well, okay, so I think I read somewhere that someone was claiming they were the first straight edge band in California. In California, probably in California. And number two, America's Hardcore, and number three, Justice League. How do you think about that? Yeah, um, that probably makes sense to me. Um, so yeah, they were the positive yeah. on that. Very, very DC influenced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But for sure. but like taking making it their own sound. So even like I love when Ill Repute like fucks with kind of like those dark notes that are kind of like the TSOL influence. Yeah, and they do that also on. I think what are you looking for is like one of the coolest sounding songs like ever. Yeah. Because it's like, what is this? It's like fast and drivey, but you're like doing those dark chords, but it's not like a spooky sounding song. It's yeah. just like, like what the fuck is this? Like, this is like a, it's fucking brilliant. It's like yeah, one of those yeah. things where it's just like, I don't know. Like sometimes you listen to punk rock and you get these songs that are like so good. And it's just like, it validates the way we all feel, but sometimes yeah. we can't describe, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, because a lot of, a lot of people think they're like, Oh, this song's like great for a punk song, yeah. but put it up against like Led Zeppelin. And it's like, like a shit song. Oh, it's pretty yeah. good for punk. Right. But it's like something like that. Like I'm listening to it. And I'm like, dude, this is like one of the greatest songs, like As out of song. all songs, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, yeah, because like it just validates like oh why do I love this music so much oh it's because of something like this like how the fuck do you even think how to do that yeah you yeah. know and so it's just like a, a like a a joy to listen to yeah. yeah like yeah I don't know 
Well, it stands on its own, excluding the genre. Yeah. 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 Casillas's guitar playing, his his licks, his leads, like just phenomenal. Blake driving driving through everything, you know. Uh, uh, that's Harry 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 Meisenheimer playing drums on that. Fast, mm-hmm. um, like with two weeks to rehearse to to play. Yeah, Ron's vocals perfect. Oh, mm-hmm. and Ron's vocals perfect. Ron, Ron Baird like. Like shouty, not screamy. That's still like an, an urgent feeling. His, I knew I could never do what John or Kyle or or, or you know um, Israel or anybody else did. I wanted to be Ron Baird singing in, yeah. in Burning Dog. That's what I tried to do. I never so came good. close to that, obviously, but that was my intention. That, that that was always what I was attempting to do. Yeah, it fell far short in was something completely different but yeah no but it's like it's it's what you're grasping for yeah and you don't have to be so self-deprecating yeah but you know what what you did is rad yeah i'm I'm just i'm just trying to say that that's that's what i wanted to do yeah i think that's great that's like because he had had this you know it was open it was throaty and Mm -hmm. um you know it still had like but, the, but but the, yeah, the bite with everything. But, but he hit melody pieces here and yeah. there, like where he was supposed to, and like all all that stuff. It, this painting, just, he's painting yeah. this. It's just say like he's painting on top of something that's already rad. Yeah. Um, and then again, if you want to go into the artwork, here's yeah. more classic artwork from the Hernandez brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jumping guitar guy, how can you go wrong? I know it's like so simple and so <laughs> good, like, right? <laughs> With a missing uh, pant leg in one of the panels. <laughs> That's the yeah. best part. Yeah. Like, oh man, so we forgot rad. that. Oh, well. And going for the yellow, early yellow. Yeah. Oh. You know? Yeah, so the color good, choice, dude. too. Is it like, you know, here it's not on Mystic. It's not, sounds like anything else. And it's looks completely 84 different. red and yellow, dude. Who was the fucking Hulkamaniac in the band? <laughs> That's what I want to know. That's the year he slammed the Iron Sheik and took that shit. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, the fourth one, this is the one dearest to Joe's heart. You think so? I don't know. We're going Dr. No Plug and Jesus, no right? Jesus. On Getaway or Mystic? Well... Which one's first, technically? Like, it's the getaway. It's I the think. same thing. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, getaway. So, um, <laughs> sorry, Stu. <laughs> what? It's embarrassed to be flexing on the, my records. Oh, no, oh. dude, I'm glad. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> my notes say uh, so much good stuff. Yeah, I mean, like. And bass solo. That's my other note. <laughs> yeah, the circle of fear bass solo, right? Yeah. Unfuckwithable. Yeah. You know. This is this is a banger album. Like if you if yeah. you if you were DJing a party where people just wanted to slam and you could only choose one of the big four Nardcore records, I would say this. Yeah. Because it's hitting that beat and it's going. They're singing along. And it's songs. never fucking stopping and it's it's a pit frenzy. Fist in the air, or rage, ass. or 
Or up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> or up your ass. But yeah, I think this is the the Rage Or album. And and probably the best overall musicality. It's heavy. Yeah. And fat. It's scary. Yeah. The first time I heard it, I was like, oh shit. It's just like a it's a fucking unit. Like yeah. you're getting fast. You're getting clobbered over the head with like a a thing where we've talked on a lot of these other records about like oh I love the way that you know the bass playing is happening and the guitar is happening and I like the vocals and all this I almost feel like this Doctor No it's like such a unit that it's like the drums the bass and the guitar is like just all one thing clobbering you over the head <laughs> yeah you know yeah, it's like the, the instrument is Doctor No <sighs> and it just is fucking 7,000 pounds and it just fell on your yeah. head yeah, you know that's yeah. all I got. The, the dueling guitars between Kyle and and Fred, and uh, you know I already mentioned bass solo for Freeze Mile. Um, the intro to Life Returns, it's <laughs> fucking heavy, dude. dude. So heavy, <laughs> so yeah. heavy. I mean, Life Returns is top five hardcore songs for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, killer, and again. The art just it I don't know, it makes you feel like you can kind of guess what the record's gonna sound like, right? Like <laughs> yeah. the art I mean, isn't that great art? Well isn't that it? and the burn art too. Like they're both yes. really simple. Mm-hmm. And what's also cool f- with all these bands is their logos and the fonts they used. And the Doctor No, they take like the it's like this fucked up PhD like RX art i don't know font thing dude and and then they have like the plug like the jesus that you plug into the wall yeah and they, and they invert the colors it's yeah. fucking scary yeah. and it's just black black white and then whether or not you have the white or the blue fonted record it all works or both or both in case. it's like a darker shade of hazy green <laughs> oh That's yeah it. and then the back cover uh, you know the, the the pictures of the band like seeing that as a kid like I'm all whoa there's like a Mexican in this band you know that's repping yeah like the sarape you know fucking looking hard so hard dude looking yeah. hard this male looks hard as fuck yeah yeah I mean he's the sweetest kindest most shy guy on the face of the planet but. Back then, I didn't know that. You know, I see that, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is so crazy! That guy must be crazy." Well, he didn't get shy until you met him in '87. <laughs> Before that, he was fucking up everyone. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so um, so yeah, but yeah, it's great. And like, what is good album art? Right? Is like, is it just is adding to the package? Right? Of like, yeah. this is I'm getting a feeling off this, and like, yeah. For people that enjoy tangible music, that's like a part of it, right? Like I'm putting the record on, I'm holding the cover in my hand, I'm hoping to pull out an insert, but you're probably not going to get one in most records, you yeah. know. That like, yeah, but yeah, you're holding. So you get the front cover, the back cover, and you just—it's a full it's like experience. A feeling. You listen to the record and you study the art, yeah. front to back. Yeah. So that cross. Yeah, thing is that's a that's a a Christian thing. It's not a, it's not a spinoff of of the drug RX. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 
even Cause harder. Because it's, it's on a church on uh, on C Street, C uh, and like Teakwood. There's a giant thing on the front of the church. That's that symbol is basically on the front of a church there. Dude, shout yeah. out to the garage walrus. Yeah, drive by that. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Robert. It's somewhere in the, one of those streets up, you know, yeah. north side. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, so that's those are the big four. Those and are the then big we, four, but we still have. We got the both RKLs, right? Two RKL records to and, talk about. Yeah. Keep that laughing and rock and roll nightmare. Do we want to just talk about both of them at the same time? Yeah, we can talk about them yeah. all at the same time. So, again, keep laughing is just them continuing like the fire they have from the seven inch. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's still a pretty similar band. Um, My note says, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a way to look at like the those first two RKLs and the seven inch is just like this fucking band shreds you know what was it the lp or the seven inch that he that bomber broke his hand oh fuck dude we didn't even talk about that how <laughs> he broke his hand skateboarding out in front when they was were in the seven inch it was the seven yeah, inch okay. and he recorded I, the entire I, I seven inch with a broken with a drumstick taped to his hand taped yeah fuck yeah so well this is <laughs> that's insane right so the drummer breaks his hand and then <laughs> to go do the record tapes a drumstick to his hand. It's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Um so keep laughing. Think positive. The, the whole record is great, but think positive itself is just it's an anthem. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Yeah, like whatever. It opens the right. It's like oh, you're right, slamming, what you're slamming before the drums. Yeah, yeah. you're like, <laughs> and, I, and I love how how it how it fades in. Too. Oh yeah, like I don't I don't know if that was intentional or just Mystic like fucking dropping the ball, but it's fucking perfect. Yeah, it's so good. It's so insane. Good. And then the you know sort of it, not really a breakdown, but a breakdown at the end. Totally, totally breakdown. It's a moss part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just there. They're for them. I think they're just hitting like all different types of rhythm yeah. to get like, yeah. to push the musical boundaries that they're comfortable with pushing at the time. Yeah. 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 But so for them, it's like a, a rocker part. Yeah. Probably. But well, that's Stu's like the, slamming. Dude, I, I'm always slamming to that record. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then I, I think that, uh, do you, do you have more on that record? Well, it's just like the way that it's all like how every song goes into each other. It's like you have the fast song with the dance part and then it goes straight into Dead Ted's, which is mid-tempo the whole time. And then like Life in a Bottle it starts out. It's, it's every fucking song, one after another, like leads into it. Yeah. And I think it was that was the first, because I was starting to get into hardcore around that time. And then I heard RKL and I was like, like I mentioned previously, like they do these parts where it's like, guitar hauling fucking ass in one headphone and then it just like drives in with a drum roll into the like to the fast part circle pit and you're just you're slamming and i it just blows my fucking mind the drumming is insane everything on that record is fucking insane yeah i think it gets even more insane we're gonna get into how (laughs) fuck yeah (laughs) rock and roll nightmare like some people say this record is like ahead of its time and and I and I always say <laughs> I'm, I'm like dude. I'm like I still don't know if 
my brain is ready for it. <laughs> like this thing is like out of this world. Like what the fuck is happening? There? I didn't like it the first time I heard it. It's I, how can this is? I definitely think this is an acquired taste record. Yes, like but, but yeah, you will but. Res- respect it on first listen because you're like, this is insane. I was like, what's going but it's on? Like, but you, your brain can't grasp it. It doesn't have the catchiness of like some of the songs on the seven inch and yeah. the LP right away. Right, but it's just like, or maybe ever. But that that was irrelevant to them. That. They played these songs that were so beyond what anybody else was doing, you know, and as you guys have mentioned, it's the blueprint for everything else to follow. Every fat band. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's the, it's a blueprint for no effects and lag wagon, right? For so. sure. Yeah. There wouldn't be but, either. But, of those but I mean, that's, yeah. but that's, you know, that's face to face and that's, that, sure. that's, that's all the other bands that were, I don't want to say copying them because they, they all did their own thing, but, but it's certainly that blueprint. Yeah, you know, and it's it and it's a mix of this record, Rock and Roll Nightmare, and possibly and suffer, suffer, suffer. Or, the melody of suffer. Yeah. yeah, taking the melody of suffer with the shredding of this. Yeah, the recording isn't that great. No, it's not that great. The bass tone's really good, in my opinion, uh, which Balmer plays on because they didn't have a bass player, and the fucking bass parts on the, on this record are like he's literally just shredding the whole time, and and. I was reading a lot of liner notes on this, and they're like, "Oh, it's not hardcore or punk." It, we were literally just listening to a lot of blues and rock, like and Kiss, and just making it faster. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. and like, <sighs> it's my favorite record of all time. The fucking art, is it? Yeah, that rules. Yeah, what a fucking sick pick. It like the art. They're just chilling. There's like empty, like Budweiser tall cans everywhere, and they're just fucking chilling in a backyard. And like, like it's like it's like a framed photo almost, and like around it is just like goblins with like <laughs> fucking like <laughs> beers and shit. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's so good. And, um, and this one is on like something like Alchemy, Alchemy. Records, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, and like I mentioned this on another pod, but like Bomber tracked the whole thing in one take with to silence with no scratch track. Jesus, <laughs> like <laughs> that's like not, well, those like those guys, you know, Chris Bomber, you know, um, Joe Later, you know, such phenomenal musicians. Yeah. That they could do something like that, you know. They 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 were, you know, probably Kyle might might be the next best one, maybe, you know, um, in Casillas too. But but you know, I don't know. Th- those guys were phenomenal. Yeah, and and like and like Jason's vocals change. He kind of goes like like into the. It's more like guttural, like like. Lower pitch, but like kind of like grimy, whiny, I think. Yeah. And uh, it just well, how old was he on Keep Laughing? He, 
teens, I think. Teens, yeah. yeah. Right. So but it's like, I mean, much imagine. Older. They're 22. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's two years and a lot. I mean, two years can be a long time yeah. in your, like, development. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're talking about the difference between 16 and 18 or 17 and 19 or even 18 and 20, who knows? Yeah. So. I don't know. But, but, but the songs aren't the same as Keep Laughing. They're not, they're not this... They're not a blast. Blistering speed and, you know, not scream the whole way through kind of thing, you know. Um, So he he has to do something different. And what he does is, is also that, 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 you know, what'd you say? It's kind of like grimy whiny, grimy whiny, which is fat Mike, (coughs) Joey. Yeah. And all those other, you know, just did done with a bit more melody. Right. You know, and then bomber, but in the suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Bomber sings on a few songs, and that's kind of like, like is a precursor to like when he fronts the band. Right, like his voice is like fucking prime, dude. His yeah. voice is so good. But like beyond taking, like they take it beyond the beyonds, dude. Like, <laughs> like they shred the whole record, and then they have a country song, and then they end <laughs> it <laughs> with a fucking like Beastie Boys song, talking about burritos and shit, and it's just what the fuck. Yeah, mind blowing record. Yeah, it's a great record. Yeah, um, yeah. So I feel good about that. I do too. Please don't uh, torch my pad for not putting land in the toilets in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I love every guy to a man, and and I like that seven inch. But uh, I don't know. It's an honorable mention for sure. It is an honorable mention, and uh, yeah. I mean, all of it. I like the Rap X 7-inch, too, Stu. Yeah. The first one. You like the second one? The, the other one's not, a, not as good as the first one. I like the first one. It's, like, really drivey. Former years of Reagan. Yeah. It's fucking... His voice is cool. Yeah. On that record. He's yeah, got man. a cool voice. Oh, we skipped something. We did. Did we? The Nardcore LP. There's an important one. <laughs> yeah. The Nardcore compilation. Because I was just thinking Rat Pack, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. they got the songs on the... Yeah. Well, wait a minute. This is like a great American hardcore compilation. Yeah. Yeah. Got a little bit of everything. It's a stamp in time, you know? One area, 1984. Here's what it is. Fucking great record. Yeah. Great compilation. We're not LA. 
this is yeah <laughs> this, this is narcore yeah yeah this is Oxnard, not la yeah yeah it's not just Oxnard, obviously, because you know the, the routers are on here and uh, RKLs on here. Scared straight from Scared Simi straight. Valley, mm-hmm. you know. But it's those little repeat songs, the Doctor No songs, you know. Yep. Or Doctor No song. I wish it hadn't been on both the comp and Plug in Jesus, but yeah. so be it. Uh, Go to war from aggression. Yeah, the aggression you know. song. Oh, that song is sure. so good. That's like that's hey, that's yeah. Corpus. Yeah, that's a cool song. Um, I mean, really, everything on the comp is rad. That AFU yeah. song yeah. is a one-off for a band that I only ever heard one song from. Yeah, you know, super cool. Yeah, the intro, Habeas Corpus. The intro to that song is sick. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the only stuff I don't like on it is I don't like those Rodder songs. Um, yeah, where, but, hey, <laughs> dude, it's no, it's no sink the whales. That song fucking rips. I'm telling you. Um, but yeah, the wash my hands is garbage. The men, 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 men. Yeah, the homophobic shit on there is garbage. Yeah, that's stupid. That's wild. So it's yeah. '84. I really I liked, uh, you know, the, back to false confession. The the uh, Feline. Uh, you know, putting feline on there, which is so different than anything else on that record. Yeah, feline on Nardcore is so cool, and and that was a that was intentional. They chose that song because it was they knew it was going to be so different. At least that that that's that's the 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 myth, the yeah. legend. Um, you know, they wanted it to stand out from everything else, and it certainly does. Yeah, it's a great song too. Yeah, and so these are great LRP songs. These are maybe oh, yeah. maybe the best scared stray songs for sure. Even though both songs, uh, they do are the same song. <laughs> they are the same song, but they're both good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, president, fuck president. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not gonna happen to me. Sleepwalking seventy five. Oh, it is. It's not gonna happen to me, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's. It's Sleepwalking too, but it's like I was, I was both are great. Yeah, those are all great, great European Sleepwalking songs. three is on the other, the not honorable mention <laughs> transitions. <laughs> Although that cover rips, yeah, of not John. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> not the not John. honorable mention <laughs> is what not is John it? on the cover. It's just some dude. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> I always thought it was John. John's like, no, it couldn't be me. I never had that shirt. <laughs> like he remembers his shirt from, but, but if anyone does it would be John Fanoff that's so. yeah. fucking funny dude so that's it that's the Narcore Hall of Fame and uh 1980s if the 1980s yeah. we come back yeah. with the 90s and maybe yeah. beyond we'll see yeah we'll see if you guys want to do the 2000s or not the 90s we could do it the 90s I got the 2000s are gonna need a little bit of help for, well on, no 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 not, not, yeah 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 we gotta maybe add a few demos to the 2000s <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's go over to uh, Forest. Okay. For a story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. And then uh, after Forest, we're gonna have Becca coming up. So hang in there. All this shit is tight. Story time with Forrest. Hi. So, um, 
The year is 1992, and the year will actually become important in a minute. I always preface this fucking story with saying halfway through, you're going to think that I'm full of fucking shit. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> Wait till the end, because I swear to God, halfway through, you're going to be like, dude, you're fucking making this shit up. Just, just like, okay, hear me out on this. So <laughs> I'm not going to use any last names for, you know, plausible deniability because, you know, if nobody wants the story to be out, like, I'm sure like, oh, that could be any Pika. So, <laughs> so, so anyway, <laughs> so the year is 1992. The year will become important in a minute. So uh, I was in this band, Spring Voodoo, uh, in the late 80s, uh, early 90s. And I think at this point, Donovan had already taken off. Anyway, my guitarist at the time was Danny. Could be any Danny. But he had, his, his grandfather left him a house on the beach in Ensenada. And he's a fucking surfer, right? So he'd fucking just take these little surf excursions and go to this fucking house in Ensenada and go surfing. Here's the thing about Danny. Fucking love Danny to death, but he's a flaky motherfucker. Like in, in in ways that like, okay, kids that are listening back in the days before cell phones, before caller ID, before anything like that, everything was done landlined. And I, this was an actual conversation with Danny. One time he calls me up and he goes like this, like, dude, Forrest, gotta fucking come to this party, dude. It's fucking crazy, dude. There's fucking hot chicks. This one girl's asking about you. I can hear him be like, no, no, I'm fucking talking to him right now. Yeah, he's on the fucking phone. Dude, you gotta fucking come here. He fucking hangs up. I'm like, where the fuck are you? (laughs) There's no caller ID. There's no fucking, like, I have no fucking phone number to call back. And the next day he's like, why didn't you come? Like, where the fuck were you? (laughs) So that's, that's, that's but he's also the type of person like, he would get in weird trouble. Like this never happened, but like if he literally called you up and he was like, dude, the Russian mobs after me, I need a place to hide out. You'd just be like, I didn't know the Russian mob was in Oxnard, but sure. <laughs> like you, you wouldn't even like second guess it. You'd be like, yeah. like, all right, whatever. Anyway, when I was a kid, because my dad was a fucking hippie, there was a place that we used to go camping in Santa Barbara's, the little Caliente and big Caliente hot springs. <laughs> there'd be naked hippies and stuff. But I remember like, as I got older, I asked my dad, like, where the fuck is this fucking place? Right. So I started taking friends out there and we're getting ready to fucking go out there. It was me, Travis, who was also in spring voodoo and Pika no last names. <laughs> um, and we're getting ready to go out. Dude, we bought fucking beer. We bought acid and we're getting ready to go to the fucking to the hot springs. Boom. Landline rings. Answer is Danny. He's like, dude, I'm in fucking trouble. I'm in Mexico. You guys need to fucking come get me. And we're just like, well, fuck. I, I guess now we're going to Mexico instead of the hot springs. Because it was cool because we we're already set to like take a little vacation. Yeah, we're like, enough. we're already good to go. Yeah. And he's like, you guys need to come get me. And I swear to God, dude, I'm like, we'd never been to this house. Like, well, how do we get there? 
word for word, verbatim, this is what Danny said. We're going to another fucking country. No problem, dude. Just take the fucking 101 to the 405, dude. Take that to Ensenada, dude. You'll see a fucking gas station. I'll be at the bar. That was fucking it. <laughs> we are going to another fucking country. 101, 405, dude. Gas station, bar. I'll be hanging out there. I'll, I'll, I'll go there in like five hours or so, dude. You'll fucking, you'll find me. So once the phone hangs up, that's fucking it. There's no cell phones. There's no nothing. So once he fucking hangs up... That's our fucking directions. We're fucking heading to Mexico. 101 405 gas station bar. That that that's literally our fucking directions. We're like, okay, well, let's go. So me being smart, I'm like, dude, we can't fucking take drugs into Mexico. Let's drop the acid now. <laughs> We don't want to go across the border with drugs, so let's drop all this fucking acid. So we drop the fucking acid, and that's why I'm not using last names. It's too late for that. uh, So so we start heading towards fucking L.A. Here's why the year is important. Acid starts to kick in. It is day one of the fucking Rodney King riots. Dude, we're going through fucking Bosnia, dude. There's fucking like fires and explosions and fucking sirens and shit. Nobody's on the fucking freeway except for fucking us, dude. And it's like we're straight driving through a fucking war zone and we're fucking flipping shit, right? Uh, Travis had this old fucking uh, pickup truck with a camper shell doing 80 miles per hour getting speed wobbles, hoping to fucking get pulled over by the cops, frying on acid. It's like, just get us fucking out of here. Like, we're flipping fucking shit. Like, we're straight driving through a fucking war zone. We get out of fucking L.A. and we're like, we're cool now, right? Everything's cool. (laughs) So we get to Mexico. Here's where you're going to be like, you're full of fucking shit. Hear me out. So we get to the Mexico border. So heading from the border to Ensenada is a long, desolate stretch of highway. There's really nothing out there. By this point, we are fucking peaking on acid. Like, we're fucking frying balls. We go in, all of a sudden, on the side of the road, it looks like it's been there for a long time. It's this wrecked, dirty fucking car on the side of the road with these stiff, bloody, rigor mortis body parts hanging out of the fucking window. I'm like, there's fucking dead people on the side of the fucking road. <laughs> and everybody's like, holy fucking, we, we just went through fucking Bosnia, right? Now there's fucking dead people on the side of the fucking highway in Mexico. We get a couple of miles up the road. There's an overturned car with stiff, bloody, rigor mortis body parts fucking hanging out the window. And we're just like, dude, there's fucking, I'm like, I'm seriously just like, dude, if we wreck the fucking car, they're just going to push us off to the side of the road and just fucking let us die. And we get a little fucking further up and there's another fucking wrecked car. And okay, long story short, I don't know how the fuck we did it. Peaking on acid and we're freaking out, dude. We went through Bosnia and there's dead people over fucking Mexico. And well, there's the gas station, right? And we fucking pull in. We go in the bar and there's Danny just sitting there fucking drinking a beer. And I'm just like, Dude, so we fucking went through. There's fucking fires and explosions, and there's fucking dead people and fucking cars. And he starts fucking laughing. 
it was an anti-drunk driving campaign the Mexican government was doing. <laughs> they were taking wrecked cars from junkyards and putting mannequins in them. <laughs> Every five miles for like a hundred fucking miles, there were fucking stiff body parts hanging out of wrecked fucking cars. So yeah, yeah, that that was like oh after all this fucking shit, like we literally thought it was the end of the fucking world. So we go through Bosnia and there's dead people over fucking Mexico. He's fucking laughing at us. I'm like, so dude, what's going on? Like, what what's wrong? Dude, everybody from the beach found out I was out here and they came out just partying too much and you go home. And we're like, fuck you, dude, you're staying for another week. So we just partied in Mexico for like a week after that. <laughs> and that is literally just the beginning of that story, which I want to turn into a graphic novel at some point. <laughs> oh, dude. That was great. Excellent. Hey, baby. <laughs> You're good. <clears throat> cool. So on this pod we have Becca. And Becca, what's your last name? Porter. Becca no, Porter. Or. Yeah. And uh, so this pod has been severely lacking having any sort of female representation, and it's kind of embarrassing. Um, so I've been trying to track down some female perspective on things. Um, I did want to have Kim Possible on the Shea Cafe episode. But uh, Spencer talked me out of it, so get mad at him. And uh, yeah, so now we got <laughs> we got Becca, and Becca's super old school. Um, old? No, old school. See, that's like the respectable way to say yeah. it, right? Um, what what year did you get into punk rock? Seventy nine. See, that's about as old school as it gets. So. Yeah. Were you into what? What music struck you before that? Like, were you into music before punk, or was punk oh. your first? Like, no, my dad was a huge Janis Joplin fan, mm-hmm. so I grew up with Janis Joplin, who I think was probably the original punk rocker, yeah. period. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, we listened to... Jack is terrible. It is terrible. <laughs> 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 trying to get it off. It's pretty bad with your beard going against it. than the paper on the... Source of the Taco Day burrito wrapper? Okay. All right. We good? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that makes perfect sense, though, right? Yeah. Because Janice Joplin on total counterculture. Right. You know. Yeah. And then when uh, we were, oh, God, what did we listen to? KBBY. Which is a station based out of L.A. or Santa Barbara or Ventura? I don't know. We got it in Ventura. I think we And then Cami T. Huya. Tuya. Okay. And uh, I don't even know. Like, I think I remember the year before i wanted a tom petty record when tom petty's record first came out i got that and then still a good choice i got into elvis costello and devo cool joe jackson okay and um like when i was in 11th grade i think that i had already pretty much deviated from whatever normal whatever that was and was listening to a lot of the um different newer stuff that just whatever and then i don't even we went to i wish i i think this was in 78 because i was we went on uh my brother and i (laughs) stories are ridiculous my brother and i joined a christian campus life group so we could go to this uh ski trip to utah Mm -hmm. hey i'm not hating on it i'll 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 tell you two things so i got sent home basically (laughs) (laughs) but we went and on the way there i just remember i had a um i was is that me 
I had a... Uh, no, it's the idiot that's hooked up to the Bluetooth. Nice. <laughs> I had a cassette player, you know, the little flat ones, and I had a cassette tape, and on one side it was uh, the Cockney Rejects, and on the other side it was the Buzzcocks. And so I was already listening to that stuff, and I was a bunch of guys from Sam... Uh, what's it called? Bonaventure. Same Bonaventure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're the ones that got me into punk rock. My best friend was... Uh, she went there, and... Uh, yeah, I met those guys. They all got me into punk rock. So cool. The music. So early. Yeah. Yeah, and what are the other stand-up bands at that time? Oh, Sham 69. Yeah. Mm, love the Buzzcocks. So the older English stuff. But yeah. I mean, that is, that's stuff. what's happening in yeah. 79. Sex Pistols, yeah. you know, the traditional like stuff that was out. Yeah. And, and you're, the, you're a senior in high school? Mm, I was in 11th grade. Okay. Yeah, by the time I was a senior, I was already like way too punk rock. Okay. <laughs> and do you, do you it was remember? It's a good summer. <clears throat> yeah, it was a great summer. <clears throat> do you remember the first show you would have gone to that was punk related? I went and saw 999, um, and I still had long hair. And I remember uh, Nick Cash pulled me up on stage and I sang Homicide with him. And that was amazing. So rad. Yeah. And then we went to, we actually. So we actually went to Ben Frank's and ate hamburgers with nine and nine. Sick. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And then. Uh, and where was that? I think it was at the Roxy. Okay. So is that where those Eng- the English punk bands when they came out here they would play like the strip clubs? Pretty much the Roxy, the whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was a bunch of. Uh, I remember one of those guys. From Bonaventure took me to see Sham 69 and the Dead Kennedys. And that was in December of 79. Oh and that God. was the moment. Yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday. That was the moment that I went, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I yeah. can't even imagine. So we, we there was like some accident or whatever. We were on the one, and it took us a really long time to get there. So by the time we got there, Dead Kennedys were already playing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the show was packed. Mm-hmm. It was like at the Whiskey. It was packed. Yeah. And uh, Jello dove off the stage, and all the people went that way. So we just swooped right up to the front. Oh yeah! And like I said, I still had long hair. I was whatever, little mm-hmm. surfer chick. Woo! <laughs> and uh, I just stood there, Jimmy Percy's knees in my face. And when they they did uh, the Kids Are United, and mm-hmm. everybody was singing, I was like, yeah. "This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life." <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Were people up on stage singing it and stuff? Uh, I don't remember if people were up oh, on yeah. stage or not. Yeah. Everybody I mean, can, in the whole club was singing it. Jesus, can you imagine seeing Sham 69 It was really awesome. <clears throat> Fuck. It was really, really yeah. freaking awesome. Even the legend Joe Rivas, episode one, looks jealous. <laughs> episode one. <laughs> That's what these these guys call me. The legend. Nice. I, well, the, the Phantom Rivas. Episode one's making a run for yeah, it. Yeah, I like that. Good. I like that much better. I was Zach's first Episode. guest. So, yeah. Nice. What was your first show? My first show? Yeah. Um, we tried to think about this, or I tried to think about it, it, it during episode one, and I can't quite make it out. Well, I don't know, man. I wasn't there. Well, yeah. I, f- I figured it out. The very first live band I ever saw was Sirith Ungle on the Promenade. They're practicing that's, next door right now. That's the first time I ever saw a band. <laughs> and then the first concert yeah. I ever went to was, I guess I saw Neil Young at the fairgrounds B 
before that, so I lied. Ventura so, Fairgrounds. You know, oops, yeah. I sold, I did parking for cars so I could get them for free. Cool. Even back then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How that do I get them for free? That is really funny because <laughs> Sarah... And then Sarah Thungle, and then I went and saw Devo yeah. at the Santa Barbara Robertson Hall. First music I saw live was like Leo Kotke and... Oops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've never Guitarist. heard of that. <laughs> But but actually, Sirith Ungol is practicing next door right now. Yeah, we were set up like in their we were gonna space. Practice. We were going to do this over there. Yeah, we had to move everything because they started jamming. So <laughs> cathartic. They're back together. <laughs> everything everything comes full circle back yeah. up. <laughs> You're here. They're here. Yeah. Bob was just here. Nice. I know. It was so I know. Yeah. So that's seventy nine. <laughs> I just <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> they have the fucking spinal oh, tap shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to look at that. We're in the, uh, uh, dude. We're in, uh, the captain's quarters uh, recording studio right now. Yeah. Record, as we're doing this podcast, and we're looking at stuff that's surrounding us, and Zach yeah, thank, laughing at thank you, Armand, yeah. and uh, thank you, Jeff, for yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, Jarvis. Jarvis. Yeah. So seventy nine, and so. You how how big <laughs> how how big is your group of friends that you're going to shows with at then? this point? Yeah. Oh, good lord! Um, I'm trying to think. So I went with the I took a friend from high school who was not even into punk rock to go see Nine 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 because she had a car, <laughs> and then uh, that guy. Took me to see Sham 69. I didn't have a car. I don't even think I had a driver's license yet. No, I didn't. So you're just going with like a person. You're not People. going with like a crew. No. And then I met. God, I'm so bad with time. I drank a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> Party on, dude. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's cool. That's okay. I, I can't do timelines, but yeah, I just remember yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, met a don't. whole bunch of people slowly but surely. Oh, from those guys from uh, Bonaventure. Bonaventure. They started taking me to parties at Joey Pena's house. Okay. Yeah. And then there was like, uh, you know, the, can I say people's names on the radio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Can I say your name? Um, <laughs> of course. Really? Should I? We got like Ismail and Brandon and those. Well, as long names. as no one stabbed Brandon anyone. Yeah. So Con- this is. <laughs> contrary to what Brandon Cruz says, he wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> so this is when you start meeting like the local people that are already into punk yeah like joey and his brother art and mary and john and carol and yeah the scalones and is this art of, is this art of big daddy's fame yes yes yeah okay that's awesome yeah and uh oh becky casson should i not say her name loud no, you yeah. I don't. So is... Becky was my best friend at the time because when we were in high school, I remember she came up and punched me in the arm. She's like, I wanted to be the first one to get my hair cut. Because like, okay. you shaved your head. No, I got a really bad haircut. Okay. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. <clears throat> I wore a hat for like a month. My mom <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad. Well, I had really long surfer blonde hair. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, What's that guy's name? Steve. He was a tall guy and he had glasses. Anyway, he cut my hair and uh, he took his time with it. Like he didn't just cut it. He yeah. like was cutting it. And so he took so long that I started freaking out because I've never had short hair in my life mm-hmm. except for when I was a bald kid, mm-hmm. baby. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And I started getting really nervous because it was about an hour in and I'm like, 
my hair was all gone, and, and uh, so I told him we were done. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't take this long. Yeah. We're and done. He fucked it up slow. How do you fuck well, it up no. slow? Well, I, I think he was finish. just trying to fix oh, it the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't let him finish. And so okay, okay. it looked like I had a really bad shag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was Carol Brady bad shag. So but it was like upside down. Did, right? <laughs> yeah. Did the rotters ever come across your plate at all? Because they're like a 78, 79. Can I tell a funny story about the rotters? I want to know everything about them. Without throwing my friend under the bus, but I have a certain friend who's very small who um, lived in Pasadena. She she said to me, um, we were living, it must have been 1980, 81, and we were living in Silver Lake, and she was like, or maybe I was at her house in Pasadena. I can't really remember. It was 80, 81. And she said, oh, do you know this band? They're from England. And she played the rock. She <laughs> 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 on my face, Stevie Nicks, and I started cracking up. I'm all, no, no, they're like from Ventura. Like Camarillo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but they weren't a they weren't a thing when you were getting involved. Well, PJ was around. I didn't know the rest of them. Yeah. I only knew PJ because PJ was over at Joey's a lot. Okay. Were they a little older? Yeah. Okay. Old as dirt, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, they did two seven inches, right? They did one in 78, one in 79. And I'm just trying to, you know, some punk bands put out a record and they're 14. Some people can do a record when they're 30. It's like I'm trying to figure out how old they were when they did those records. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Okay, so you start meeting all the people. I know they were older. Yeah, Definitely. they were older. <clears throat> Are any of those guys from some from St. Bonnie's still around? No, I don't no? think so. Okay. It was I'm just a, curious. It was a phase. I was just curious. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that's what I was curious about. Yeah. They, no. They... they got me into it, but then I think they got lives. Yeah. Okay. They gave me one. <laughs> yeah. So well, I definitely didn't have one at that time. I was a very <laughs> confused little child. <laughs> well, I had culture shock. We had just moved here when I was thirteen and you know, from Germany and from the military. So when we moved to Ventura, I had like major culture shock. Like we were no longer in the military. We were in some weird place where people not only weren't it wasn't the military, they um they were just strange. Yeah. Com- compared yeah. to what I was used to, you know, yeah. it just was weird. Mm-hmm. So I was I had a hard time navigating it, which is makes perfect sense why drugs and alcohol were perfect for me. And punk. Yeah. yeah. And punk rock, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the first like local punk show you would have gone to? Or like in Ventura? Yeah, like this area. I think I saw Fear at the Mickey Moose. Or no, it was the Alley Cats. They well, played at the Mickey Moose upstairs on Main Street. What, okay, so which would have been like the uh, Metro or something. Yeah, somewhere on Main Club Street. Club Soda became Club Soda. That place. No, it was on the right side. Oh, then Nickelbees. No, the other side. So yeah, Club Soda. Then that was across the street above where, 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 where Palermo's is now. It was above where Palermo's is. Okay. Yeah, it became Club Soda sometime in the mid '80s, and that's the place. That used to be the Mickey Mouse. I, I think so. Okay, but you moved to you moved to L.A. in eighty one ish. No, eighty. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, my mom wasn't very excited about ninety percent of what I was doing. <laughs> so she tried to get you out of town. Oh, she threw me out of the house. Oh, okay. She yeah. chucked you out, and then you yeah. moved to L.A. Well, I was I wasn't coming home anyway. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to school. I wasn't coming home. So, I guess, you know. She just said, if you don't want to follow the rules, get out. And I yeah. said, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember 1980, I lived in uh, with my, my friend David Hooper. I wonder where he is. Anyway, I lived with him and his dad in Glendora for about a week. Very sanitary place. Uh, it was a really actually very big, nice house. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I remember all my stuff got stolen out of his truck, all my clothes. Nice. So my, I called my dad. Yeah. <laughs> my clothes. And he gave me a hundred bucks to go to the thrift store and get some clothes. <laughs> you can go I, a long ways. Oh, totally. I went to uh, Let It Rock on Melrose and bought a pair of white Joe Strummer creepers. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just you keep going to shows. You don't stop. No, I didn't stop. And then right, like around, gosh, I guess it was, so I, I was um, hanging around, <laughs> God. Um, so I went to these, uh, I was hanging around the, with Elric Joey's house and that whole crew and Becky. And we ended up, uh, we went to LA all the time. We went to probably every night mm-hmm. to a show if we came home. Um, and then I remember her dad put her in a mental hospital, and then she took off to San Francisco, and I don't know, just weird stuff going on sure. over there. But um, we uh, went to a party one time. Nice. Um, at, oh, what's her name? Whose house was that? It was up on Poli. Up, 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 up. Oh, it doesn't matter whose house it was, but we went to a party, and that's where I met Aggression. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And that was 1980, definitely 1980. And uh, and had they just started? Did they start in 79, or did they well, start Well, here's 80? the weird thing. I used to go to the Endless Wave Skate Park, okay. and my mom wouldn't let me skate, so mm-hmm. they wouldn't let you skate without a parental consent, and my mom said no. I don't I'm still wait. Why would you not let me skate at this park? Yeah. Um, but I used to watch these three guys Right, Mark Hickey and Bob Clark and Henry Knowles, mm-hmm. and they all had really long hair. And I used to watch them skate because they were amazing. They were good, all three and of them. They were great. Yeah, yeah, they were very, very good skaters. And I remember uh, watching them skate that pool, and I was just like, "Oh, good!" And I was like, "Can I just do the snake run? Would that be okay?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "No, not without a parental consent." Yeah. So, um, and I guess I hadn't figured out yet that I could just sign that myself. Sure. <clears throat> <clears throat> but whatever, I was still a good kid. Yeah. Hi there. Oh, Verity's got drinks. Hi there. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are Who's you? Who's for who? <laughs> oh, they're both the same. So at the, at the <laughs> hey, when we get when we get to a hundred Patreons, we will edit all this. I don't, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody want one of these? I'm fine, thank you. It's a pumpkin cold brew. It's got no. I got I got my uh, my iced tea. I, I just had half a cup. I'm good. Some no, I'm caffeine. good. I, I'm I'm caffeinated oh out. So, so you met them personally at that time as well. Well, no, I met no, I, not really. I just watched. You're them. just hanging and, and watching them. Here's the weird thing. So at that party that I met them. So <laughs> Mark Hickey had on a like a Senior Lopez with the sleeves cut off. Okay. Right. Yes. I was cracking up. I just cracked up. And uh, and then Bob was just big and had a leather jacket on and a bald head and. Henry Knowles, it was just Henry Knowles. And I remember thinking, oh, look at the big guy. Because I always liked big, dumb, bald guys. It mm-hmm. was just my, <laughs> it was my problem. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, actually, I was going to join the Marines, and they asked me why, and I told them because I like big, dumb, bald guys. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy said, oh, you know that you don't get to be with the men. And I said, oh, well, I'm not in. <laughs> I'm not joining. <laughs> why would I not? What? <laughs> yeah, when, uh, anyway, that's a whole other little story. But um, so, yeah, so at this party, um, I'm, they were everybody was really drunk. No way. And uh, even <laughs> Kevin Lumberg was there and Neil Ijitsu. 
Somebody got their head. Somebody put their head. I think it was Mark put his head through the. Someone bet him a dime that he couldn't get his head through the things, and then they said, "I'll bet you a quarter." Can't get him back out, and his ears were stuck, and we literally had to, whoops, call the fire department to have him open with a jaws of life to get his head out. <laughs> Mark Kiki. Yeah, yes. that was hilarious. Um, oh. You have pictures of that party. Anyway, so something happened, and I don't even remember. Bob was all drunk and took off into the ravine, and I was like, "I'm going to save him," and I went and got him, and I don't even know, like. What, what happened with that? But he ended up being my boyfriend. Oh, so you started dating Big Bob mm-hmm. in 1980. Mm-hmm. So you got to know the guys pretty well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't yes. need... We don't, we they don't. introduced me to many things in my life that took me on a very bad path. Yeah. 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 We, don't, we don't have to dive too much into that, although it is interesting. <laughs> it's part of your story, though. But yeah. Yeah. I'm not embarrassed yeah. about it. It made me who I am today. Yeah. It is but what it is. Good. Shooting up at 17. What's up? <laughs> But it is it is cool that you know him in 1980 because it lets us get a perspective on the very early, the the first one after yeah. the, if you want to count actually, the Rodders as the first aggression would be the second. Yeah, and I, I count aggression as the first. Just do aggression as the first, yeah. and I that's because the Rodders were from Camarillo. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Sorry, doesn't, we, it doesn't really C-Town. exist on the Cambodia. Planet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Cambodia. Exactly. Yeah. No well, offense. Well, we tr- we try to be all inclusive these days. Yeah. So. That's fine. I'm yeah. okay with that. It just yeah. wasn't part of my story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, is aggression already playing shows? Have they already played shows and so forth? I don't remember. Do you remember the first I don't time remember. you remember? I know I have a bunch of. I literally have what? <laughs> oh yeah, nice. Sorry, Becca. That's okay. I, I have uh, I have <laughs> handwritten lyrics that Mark wrote. I have uh-huh. a whole bunch of stuff. I've got like, punk rock archives. I gotta see that stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, I got tons of that stuff. But um, so I don't. They were writing those songs then. So yeah. I don't. I guess they were kind. Of, I don't know. Well, someone got their head kicked on and came out in '81. Right. Yeah. But I worked at BYO when that came out. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so you were already at BYO when that record right. came out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's two, right? What? BYO two. Is that the second record or the first record? The first it's, record it's either that got or the, their head kicked in. Okay, that's one. And then the Youth Brigade is number two. Number two is yeah. Youth Brigade. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Number you re- three, aggression. Don't be mistaken. Yeah. Number uh, four. Something to believe in? No. Is it? I don't know. That's NFU, isn't it? No. Oh, boy. Oh. Don't listen, Sean Stern. I don't remember. Seven seconds. I was really drunk. I can't be held we'll get, accountable. We'll get Sean too soon. Um, so do you remember the first time you saw aggression? No. <laughs> you mean naked? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the funny part but are, are they is, playing is parties? Like, are they playing clubs? I don't remember. I yeah. honestly have no clue. Yeah. But I remember um, how I made the connection that I knew the, that these were the skater guys. Is mm. that I went over to Bob's house. His dad was amazing. Big Bob, little Bob, I, okay. <laughs> little Big Bob, little Big Bob. But he was his dad was amazing. But I remember going over to Bob's house and seeing a picture of him with his golden long flowing locks mm-hmm. skating that bowl. I'm like, oh my god! I used to watch you guys skate. Yeah, yeah, that's so like, cool. Then you put it together. Yeah. So you start. You moved to LA and you start working at BYO pretty immediately. <clears throat> well, I went down with those guys to shows because by this time now we were a crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and your crew being the Nash. Okay. I was the Nash Gash. 
Uh-huh. Something that now you don't want to really be super proud of being called a gash. <laughs> but it was funny back then. Um, so that whole thing was just a really interesting little thing. So <clears throat> Northern Area Skinheads, when Skinhead was a haircut, haircut, cut, yeah, haircut, not a political power of whiteness, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is how we got the aggression symbol eventually too. But yeah. Anyway. That's not how that symbol came well, about. That's what they say. The symbol came about. Do you want to know, really? Yeah, because they yes. blocked out the N and S H. Okay, so Phil, we used to call him Filipino, hmm. Filipino, Phil, Phil. I don't know. Maybe that was his last name. I don't know. I found him on Facebook. But uh, so Phil came back one time, or was it John Nobert? I don't know. One of those two guys came back. Maybe it was John Nobert. I don't know. But. Um, they're like, oh, the cops are looking for us. The cops are looking for us. So everybody's got to like whatever. And he took his jacket. Was it John or was it Phil? I feel like it was Phil. And he took a black pen and he crossed out that he made a big block around the N-A and a little block around the H and le- uh, left the S that looked like a lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. Left it. That's where that symbol came from. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. jive with so your then story, we all yeah. did it. Yes, so it then does. we all did it too. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody had that on their jackets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we were in the Nash. Which is your crew out of L.A.? No, we were from here. Oh, from here. Yeah. It was primarily the guys from Oxnard, Silverstrand, and me, and Becky. I think Becky was part of it, or unless she was gone. I don't know. There was, it was just a strange, I think it was like everybody that was whatever, but some of us were a little more into being in it than others, I think. Mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm just delusional right now. But my memory of it is, is that, like, we would go in this white van down to L.A. And, uh, yeah, and going with those guys was great because people like X-Head and those idiots would always pick on me and mess with me and pull my hair. Mm-hmm. I'd go tell Bob and, you know, he'd go have a chat with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so by going to all those shows with your friends, that's when you met the BYO guys. Right. So we were talk. at, actually, after a show one night, uh, I ended up hanging out with this woman named Curry who was going out with uh, Tony Alva at the time. And um, I used to be a huge Tony Alva fan. I was very excited to actually meet him. He gave me a skateboard. Sick. Yeah. That's rad. I still, I don't have it. I was going to say I still have it. That's a lie. I don't have it. I sold it to go on tour with, um, Channel 3. That's even cooler. That's even tighter. <laughs> 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 so you meet the BYO guys. Anyway, huh? so yeah, so uh, those I went with this girl Curry, and we were going to go over to the Skinhead Manor, which was where they were, and I didn't know I'd never been there, and mm-hmm. so we were standing out front, and um, she took off, whatever, and I was like, wait, where am I, and whatever, and so I went, and I walked inside, and I couldn't, I didn't hear anything, and I guess I went in the back door, mm-hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> Eugene, hey, are you looking for my room? Remember weird little Eugene? He was in, uh, oh my God, he was in, um, what's that movie with uh, Western, Decline of Western Decline Civilization of with the light bulb? Okay. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 He's like, you're looking for my room? And I'm like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right? And uh, so anyways, and then Sean Stern comes walking up, right? Mm. And I don't know Sean Stern yet. Mm. And, uh, so I'm like kind of looking around, whatever, and he comes walking up, and he, I'm leaning against his bed, his door, which mm-hmm. I didn't know. I was just leaning there, just kind of trying to figure out what I should do, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm in some house, and I don't know where anybody is. So he comes over, and he puts his hand like over my head, and he leans in, and he's like, 
hey, did you want to come see my room? I'm like, um, no. I go, do you know where Big Bob is? And I'm like, oh, and he backs up. He's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the aggression guys are all over, over there. <laughs> it was funny. But that was my first meeting of Sean Stern. <laughs> How he remembers it, I could care less, but that's actually what happened. <laughs> that's actually what happened. And then... Um, I don't like I don't remember how we got friendly. I don't remember, but I know I knew him and Mark first and I remember that they asked me if I wanted to work for BYO. Mm-hmm. And I think that I somehow or another <clears throat> they asked me one time like I think I was always trying to get into shows for free. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember. So what just, what is yeah. BYO at this time if it's before the record label they're just they're promoting shows? The Better Youth Organization. Yeah. Is in right. So, no, what are they? The Better Youth Organization. Right. So, what are they doing? Bettering the youth. Oh, okay. How yeah. so? Unifying them. Okay. Yes. Unifying the punks. Yes. And how? Positive political movement. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> the Northern the Area Skinheads, the Nash, was part of the BYO. Okay. Yes. Which is why aggression was on BYO. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Joe, take it from here. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you're working for BYO. You, uh, yeah. Uh, Somehow or another, that happened. In what all through all your time with BYO, you did a lot of various um, jobs, shall we say, Kay. with them, right? So, yeah. Well, so I started by so I. Well, I don't even remember. I'm flyering shows, maybe. Um, and then they asked me to set up or work with and set up a mail-order business. So I did that, the, the label. The first record to come out, the compilation came out. And um, so... <clears throat> I th- Yeah, no, so I used to go over to... They hadn't, oh man, so they lived in this house on Flores that had garages on the bottom and two apartments, and Sean lived in one and Mark lived in the other, and uh, I remember uh, handwriting record, uh, the addresses for record labels, handwriting the labels, and then packing those uh, records together and mailing them off with little hey, this is our record, and this is who we are, and play this on the radio. Oh, so cool. Because it's so early. Like, there's no yeah. blueprint of what to do. No, there wasn't. And uh, you know what was really cool? I think that the coolest part was is that people, like, people would call, right? Like, they would call and they just say, hey, who's playing tonight? Hey, like, what's going on? Are there any shows? Or It was yeah. just so word of mouth. Yeah. And I remember that, you know, we would just call people and talk to them and just kind of... Like, nobody knew what they, what they were doing. We were all trying to figure it out. And that was the days, like, in, the, in that movie, they talk about it. But the days when people had a uh, calling card. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we should address that. The whole the movie scam thing. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the movie you're... I don't know anybody that wasn't doing it. The movie you're talking about is the Another State of Mind documentary, which you were actually on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drunk off my ass. Did, and you never, <laughs> oh. you never got to grow up and be a clown. You're, no. Thanks for pointing that out, though. But you you did get a doctorate. I did. I'm Dr. Clown now. (laughs) That rules. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so 
Yeah, that was. Just, I'm upstairs, and I was really hungover, and I was like, "I'm not gonna drink today. I need to go back to Ventura." Blah blah blah. And I opened the fridge, and there's beers in there. I was at Mark's house, and there's some guy from Texas there who was driving me nuts. So I start drinking Mark's beers, and I'm like, "Well, I should clean his apartment." I mean, that's like the right thing to do if you're gonna drink all this beer. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing the dishes and cleaning up and whatever, and um, someone uh, knocked on the door and. Uh, they're like, hey, well, Sean said, they're going to come for this key. And I said, okay, fine, right? And I'll, I'm looking outside, and there's all these people out there. Mm-hmm. Like, all these punks are showing up, and I'm like, I don't know what they're doing, right? So I'm drinking beers and cleaning and listening to Flux of Pink Indians really, really, <laughs> really loud. <laughs> so the guy came, asked for the key. I gave him the key, and then uh, I guess uh, I was listening it, to it too loud, and they just kept coming upstairs and asking me to turn it down and be like, oh, sorry, and I turned it down, and I went outside to see what was going on. They're like, we're going to be in this movie, and I'm like, oh, yeah, sweet. Punk Rock's dead. <laughs> I totally remember that. It was like 1982. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so they just, after the third time, they had to come up and ask me to turn down Flux of Pink Indian. They lie, we die, you know. Yeah. Um, They said, do you want to just come be in this movie? I said, no, not really. I was drunk by this time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they convinced me I should come downstairs and they should ask me some questions. And the really good ones, they didn't put in there. But the clown thing, of course, they put that in there. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Ridiculous. ridiculous, It was like my embarrassing moment. It's pretty quotable. I remember how... I felt. Yeah. How did you feel the, the first premiere? Yes. When they showed that movie before Tony knocked over the projector. <laughs> Tony Cortez? Tony from the Adolescents. Okay. Yeah. Tony Adolescents. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, he knocked over and broke the projector. Oh, about how, how far through the movie? All the way. It was second showing. Okay. Oh, second okay. or third okay. showing, okay. yeah. Okay. So, so you're watching the movie and your piece comes on. I'm embarrassed. Of course. Yeah. I'm embarrassed. My face is like this giant thing on the screen. I was like, oh my God. It is a pretty tight shot. I don't yeah. Know. Oh, and my flock hair. Of hair. Well, again, yeah. well, the hair is I did rad. not have a flock of seagulls hair do what it the was. The hair is rad. <laughs> hair was up. And I woke up and started drinking, and my yeah. hair was that's sleepy hair. Yeah. Yeah. I was not a flock of seagulls fan. <laughs> yeah. But no, I never lived that down still to this day, do I? Nope. Nope. But it's great. Me and Maddie, every time we see you. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. Flock of Seagulls clown lady. <laughs> Memorable. That's, that's, that's my claim to fame. <laughs> You've seen us, dude. No, dude. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to watch it. it. I need to oh, see God. it. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's an and amazing you know, documentary. And then the part where I say, well, I don't, it's not recommended for girls. That's another one of my favorite little yeah. things. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were there, and that's your opinion. It wasn't my opinion. I was drunk. <laughs> I think I was d- doing two things. I was trying to be funny, and I was trying to be ridiculous. Yeah. Because punk rock yeah. was dead by that time. So why are you making a movie about it? It's 1982, yeah. for fuck's sake. Yeah. It's a second wave. That's when all the good stuff starts. <laughs> uh, you know, I think the Starwood was already closed, and I, uh, you know, and all the cool hall shows were not happening anymore, mm. and just got weird it got huge it got ginormous it was freaking awesome yeah you know i remember every time you go to a show there'd be like you know first it was just like a packed club and then it became like these hall shows well the hall shows were actually 
oh, during the same time. Yeah. And there'd be so many punks there, and it was so awesome. And then they got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I remember going to, like, the Palladium. And, right. uh, yeah, it was crazy. There were Santa so Monica many people Civic. there. Yeah, Santa yeah. Monica Civic. Oh, I saw so many good bands at the Civic. So pre, oh my God, pre like, like the pre like the 90s punk explosion stuff, what do you think? Pre-90s what? Like, uh, I'm not including Green Day and the stuff in the 90s. But Green like, Day was a great band. No, no, I no. I first heard them at the, they, what's that place called in Gilman? In Gilman San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They opened for some band, and I was like, oh, my God, it's Green It's uh they sound like the Buzzcocks. Yeah, but my question is, what what year in the eighties do you think like punk was at its peak in LA? Nineteen eighty one. Eighty one for sure. Yeah. Eighty eighty one. Yeah. And the shows are the biggest. They were huge. Then, God, all the way. The Olympic Auditorium. Mm-hmm. What year was that? I mean, there were shows there until eighty four. The only time I ever went there I was remember. to watch pro wrestling. Yeah, that nice. place is huge. I can't. I can't imagine. Oh, I can't imagine a show there. Downstairs, when you just go down there, and there'd be so many weird little bands like drinking beer, and I would go into every one of them. Oh, talk to them, drink their beer, or go to the next <laughs> one, talk to them, drink their beer. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, how are you so drunk?" I'm like, "I just go. We find the bands. They got the beer." Yeah. I'm like, I figured that one out pretty quick. Oh, hang out with these guys. That's who's got the beer. Yeah, I wasn't dumb, dummy. Mama didn't raise no dummy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and you think it went strong through, when do you see it starting to peter out? Like Peter 86, Potter? 86-ish? Oh, um, you know, I hate to say it out loud because I love a lot of these people, but there was like this time when it started getting a little stupid and violent and gangy. Okay. Yeah. And I know that that kind of started happening way earlier, but by the time... So it kind of started with like suicidal tendencies and TSOL. That's kind of the TSOL people would show up with their faces white and the suicidal tendencies people had an upside down cross on their face and they, the mercenaries. And it was just weird and div- dividing, you know? And you think that's around what year? Uh, 80, 81-ish. Okay. So it's already starting then. It's kind of like just before the whole BYO thing kind of started, I think. Okay. Or kind of maybe at the same time, or but that stuff lasted for years, right? Well, then, then it started. I mean, there were uh, there were like I mean, there were always fights, and you know, people doing stupid things and stuff. But people started bringing in weapons and knives and things, and um, then they started kind of ganging up, mm-hmm. and that whole like. 82 colors and all that weird stuff that punk rock wasn't they were part of that too they started like there was a lot of um i don't really want to talk about who but well you you don't have to say who we're just trying to get an overall perspective there was some um people who started some gangs um for you know a lot of them were young kids and they were getting beat up and i get it Mm -hmm. you know i totally get it but i think it got out of hand okay and then um, on both sides. Yeah. And uh, the people involved kind of, in my opinion, wrecked the scene. Okay. Because it became way too violent. Like, but do you see Very violent. That's interesting, though. Um, I've never thought about that some of the gangs would actually be, like, they're banding together because they were actually singled out and picked on before. I think so. Yeah. I mean, most of them were. Yeah. And so they're like, well, I actually 
want to be a piece of this. And if I'm going to survive here, I got to get my friends together and right. defend ourselves. That's not what it was about. And that's yeah. why it got so weird. Yeah. And yeah. then like you'd go to shows and but it was what, just like these huge fights. And it was like, I'm not here to fight. I want to listen to the band. Right. But I don't, I don't and drink their beer, but what, I, <laughs> but, but I don't what choice would those guys have had if they still wanted to go to shows and they were getting victimized. Like that's kind of it, right? Like, Band together and stand up. I don't know. Go to college. (laughs) Well, right. If you want to still, I know. But if they wanted to still be in punk, that's that's just like an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. No, you're right. It is. That's like Like oddly inevitable. I never thought about that. I I would have thought. I I just wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, and it wasn't everybody's experience. Sure. It was just these two groups. Yeah. Well, you know, when you talk to the Ill guys, they were able to go to LA a lot and not have to get involved in anything. And yeah. Because they were awesome. Yeah, they're like the nicest guys in punk rock. Right. So there was there was a path to be able to go and yeah. enjoy it and not be. Uh, yeah, we had a house in Silver Lake and we had an apartment. So they weren't mine, but I was a glomer on her. Mm-hmm. And uh, those guys used to come play all the time. Actually, we had a <laughs> we had this house in Silver Lake um, that uh, Youth Brigade and Social Distortion and MIA and the Tourists and Disability all played <laughs> at our house. So rad. Yeah, and we got evicted by Mayor Tom Bradley. Hey, what a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a really fun party. Yeah, I bet. Well. Yeah. Joe, you got anything? I got lots of stuff. But, what do you got? Um, so, through the 80s, you're at BYO. Yes. And you and worked on. at BYO until. I was 40. Mid-90s, right? Yeah. That's a long run. Well, <clears throat> I quit six times and was fired six times. Okay. <laughs> so there's 12 lapses of employment with UIO. <laughs> Correct. Okay. And I worked at a few other labels. Right. But the weird thing is, is Sean would always call me and ask me to come back, except the last time. <laughs> yeah. But what happened then? I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. But What's what that, happened what? after that? What's the best BYO record ever? Someone got their head kicked in. It's like it's one of the best punk comps there is. Yeah, there's so many. You know what? I'm not even gonna say that. Yeah. that's definitely the. Um, you know what's an overlooked one that I was so bit, di- the good the bad. I, the I was Kyle? no, I was so disappointed they they brushed over it on the Youth Brigade documentary was to sell the truth. It was like. One of the Sound of the Truth is a great record. It's amazing. It's and, a really good And record. it got like totally brushed over, and it's like, it's not their comeback record because they did Happy Hour right before it. Happy Hour but is a good record, too. It's good, great too. Great song, Punk Rock Mom. Great song. It's, that's a good record. But to sell the... But <laughs> I to, wonder who that's about. To I sell, have no idea. <laughs> are you the Punk Rock Mom? I am the Punk Rock Mom. Hey! Hey! But yeah, to sell the truth... Sean was writing that song, he's all, check this out, I wrote a song about you. And he starts singing it, and then he starts singing some more, and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. He goes, well, this part's about my mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. oh, man. But yeah, yeah I, th- I think To Sell the Truth is like one of the greatest, like, second run. You know, a band yeah. that does a second run. Yeah. You know, I mean, only comparable well, would be like it was the, always one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Like, they were just so powerful and so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 For three piece through most of their career, mm-hmm. too. Which yeah. Is just that, that, that's always boggled my mind that they always yeah. sounded so. I remember sitting so, in their, you know. their, at their mom's house, they had this like room outside and had a loft, and that was like their little recording studio. And I remember sitting up in that loft and watching them write songs and asking questions. And they'd be like, What do you think I did? And, I'd be, and I actually 
felt like I had some input. I don't know if they actually listened to me or not, but it was cool. It was very, very cool. <laughs> yeah. Right? Super cool. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. So we have you to thank for Youth Brigade is no, what you're saying. No, absolutely not. They did that all by themselves. No, but I just... It A little shaping of the song. It yeah. made me feel part of, you know? Yeah. 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 What, what do you do when you leave BYO? What's your next career? The final time. Yeah, if you left the final time. Do you stay in music? No. <laughs> what other labels did you work at? Um, I worked at... Oh, God. I worked at Fearless. I worked at Lethal. I worked for Revelation. Am I missing somebody? Those are the three that I remember. Right. That we've talked about in the past. And then Fearless, so you gotta gotta grab me a white caps test press. I'm just <laughs> Yeah, the funny thing about working at Fearless is I didn't know any of those bands. Yeah. And then when I went Not to the best Lethal, label. um like there was a band called Recoil. I freaking loved Recoil. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's how I got hooked up with Welt and Recoil, and I put them both on tour together because they both wrote records about this girl, the same girl. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how interesting to send. And plus, I did a lot of times, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sending those two out on tour, see what they come up with for this because they both were with the same girl. Hash it out, boys. And then when I started working at Revelation, I remember calling people, I was the sales manager, and uh, I remember calling people and they'd be like, oh, you don't know anything about any of their bands, do you? I go, nope, not one thing. And they're like, oh, you don't even like hardcore. I go, no, I don't. <laughs> I said, I like that melodic shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, Make a turn. But they, but they knew, and I remember like uh, I, I, Fury sixty six used to always tell me I didn't like their band. They were one of my favorite bands that I ever booked, mm-hmm. and they used to tell me I didn't like their band. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And they said, but you don't like hardcore. And I said, well, I didn't think that you guys were hardcore, but I guess I don't know what hardcore means. <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty melodic, just right <laughs> outside. Yeah, I think they're amazing. Yeah, I love yeah. Fury sixty six and great live. I wish I still had that first cassette. Anybody yeah. got it? Do you have it? We could. Uh, Mickey listens to this podcast, so we'll, Hi, just, tell him, we'll just tell him to uh, Mickey, I need send to, you a one. copy of that first cassette, please. Thanks. Uh, just send it to the legend Joe Rivas, episode one, and we'll make sure <laughs> Becca gets it. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Cool. Got anything? No. Do you want to talk about uh, your afterlife career? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. Um this section is called Surviving Punk Rock. Yeah. Oh, do you want the whole Coming story? Coming out on top. So I was in a really interesting relationship with a really interesting drug problem and a really interesting alcohol problem and um, a kid uh, who's amazing. Hi, Bash. Shout out, Bash. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was living in Orange County, and I always knew I should never have gone behind the orange curtain because I knew no good would come of it, and it took me out. I'm, I guess I'm not an OC survivor. <laughs> yeah. And um, I ended up asking my brother if I could move in with him in Ojai, and I moved to Ojai, and I struggled, and I didn't know what to do, and I felt, you know, I'd been fired um, for really, really icky reasons, and I, um, for the first time in my life, ever felt like what it feels like to know that there is no loyalty, and I thought that everything I had done for a really long time, I was just pretty beat down. You know, my life has been a lie. <laughs> and uh, I, you should have gotten into some of that hardcore shit. You know, every other song is stabbed in the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Would have been a good time. 
should have explored that Rev catalog, man. Yeah. Well, I like some of it. I listen to some of it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, that's okay. Um, so I ended up moving to Ojai, and then um, that was like around November of 2003. And then somehow or another, I figured out around February of 2004 that I probably <clears throat> had an issue with uh, <laughs> drugs. Alcohol, the whole shebang, and um, I'd been hanging around with some people who were clean, and I, we were on our way to punk rock bowling, and I just decided that if, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm doing it now. So we were we stopped at an AA convention on the way out to Vegas, and I actually stood up and identified as a newcomer at a, at a convention on the way to punk rock bowling. In that Vegas. is trial by fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. And Holy I remember cow. my friend, I just held on to her like nobody's business. And I'm a friend of mine who's clean now, Novak. He, he, came, he walks up to me. He's like, uh, try to hand me a 12 pack. And I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> you know, it was just so horrifying. And, um, but I made it, I made it through the whole weekend. And so I figured if I can do that, I can do this. And yeah. so, you know, I, just uh, decided that I just probably wanted to figure out how to get my life together. And I, that January, I'd actually started going to school. My motives at the time were completely all screwed up, mm-hmm. but um, which is what kind of led, going to that school kind of led to, it was Oxnard College and the uh, Addictive Disorder Studies Program. Mm-hmm. And that kind of led to my decision to get clean. Go condors? Okay. Right? Yeah. Woo! <laughs> And then I ended up going to that school, getting a job at the methadone clinic, learning how to be a counselor, uh, getting certified, going to work at adolescent re- rehabs, and you know, and just along the way, blah blah blah. Ended up working at the county. Ended up working for just I just kept moving until I found places that I really wanted to be and populations I really wanted to work with. And mm-hmm. I worked DUI to pay back all the you know doing mm-hmm. amends for all the drinking and driving <laughs> I did in my life. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I ended up uh, two years clean being asked to go teach there. So that was cool. So I did that, and then they gave me another class and another class. And, yeah, so as an adjunct, I teach three classes a semester in summer school. Um, been doing that for the last 12 years. Awesome. Man. Yeah. And then um, while I was – after I was hired, uh, Bill Shilley, who's no longer with us, unfortunately. Moment of silence. Okay, I'm moving on. Um, he uh, suggested I get my. I had a bachelor's degree already. Don't remember. Don't remember getting it. We used to do lines on it. <laughs> I know. I just don't. I got it from San Francisco State, but I really, literally, don't remember getting it. <clears throat> sort of. No. Um, so we. Um, he suggested I get my master's. He said, you know, eventually they're going to have a full time job, so you should probably get your master's. She's so we got you hired with the bachelor's degree, but you should just go ahead and get your master's. So I did that. And then um, when I was done with my master's, I was like, well, hell, I might as well get my PhD. So I did that. And um, then uh, full-time job came. I didn't get it. And uh, so I started looking elsewhere, and I got a job teaching a substance abuse class at Calu. And then I teach two biopsych classes online for Southern New Hampshire University. And what else do I do? Shout out Southern New Hampshire, my people. So, so. Yeah. Are you from New Hampshire? No. Yeah, me either. Um, yeah. So that's pretty cool, though. That biopsych class is rad. Yeah. Because the brain, I'm, I'm a total brain geek now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what else? 
So I have a PhD. I'm Dr. Becca. How, I got how, married. How do your brain? I got married. That's your, huge. How, how do your brain? I married a person who isn't into punk rock at all. Oh, oh yeah, he's the greatest person on the planet. Yeah. That rules. It, it, it's so amazing. Like you, you do everything right, and then you figure out who you are, and the world works out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. So his name is Ronnie Miller. Hence, my name is Becca Porter Miller. Oh, you hyphenated. Yeah. Well, See? I've been Becca Porter for way too long. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. I think you. you should, it would be very interesting, though, having your brain students know that you were the first person doing mail order for the compilation and someone got their head kicked in. Right? Yeah. <laughs> My brain students. Yeah. I think that people would be interested to know a lot of things about. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So it's kind of, you know, when I worked at, at uh, DUI, I remember I was sitting there doing a group and a guy walked in late and he's like, oh my God, you're that chick from another state of mind. And I was like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. My God, my counselor's that chick from another state of mind. <laughs> it's like, oh boy. I guess Greg Graffin used to get that teaching at Cornell. Didn't he teach yeah. at Cornell? Yeah. Yeah. I would have taken his class. I remember he liked rocks. Yeah. I love bad religion, but I, I'm not. I don't want to read his books. Well, who's he? He wrote a book. Yeah, he does. Uh, he like he he's just smart guy, right? I think he, he's he re- always been a smart. guy. I think he like released his dissertation. Mm. So mine is also released and published. You can read it on ProQuest. See, there you go. Shout out. Sweet. Sick. <laughs> Mine's about addiction, though. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Not wrong. What do you think? Golden. You got anything else you want to? Share with us, Becca. Whatever you want to know. I think yeah. I've really enjoyed this. I think Excellent. this was great. We got a great Thanks. hour and yeah. plus from you. So fifty-two. Oh, you can close enough. Get rid of all the garbage and keep all the good stuff. No, I don't edit it. No, not, not until I'm up to a uh, hundred patrons. They got to suffer <laughs> through all the bad stuff too. Nice, um, Joe. You can ask a little golden question if you want. What's that? You can ask the golden question if the you golden want. Golden question. Yeah. Is this a golden one? Well, do you feel like you've been well represented? Oh. Uh, I suppose so, but not by President Trump. <laughs> on the podcast. Can we please impeach the man? <laughs> no. They're working on it. I'm, s- I'm maybe sorry. Maybe by the time this actually bro- is broadcast, he'll be out. It's been a challenge for me to not do to not do any politics on the podcast. Yeah. I don't I'm know why you don't. I mean, like, punk rock and politics go hand in hand. And I'll tell you, I've never been more horrified in my life than hearing actual people who are punk rockers Backing this idiot. Yeah. Well, that's embarrassing. You know it. Yeah. That, well, I mean, I love my friends. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not going to not like them because of their political issues. But damn, I thought people were smarter. Well, I mean, in there's very few things that most punk people can like agree on, right? And like, it has to be unity and anti-fascism. And anti right? and anti racism. Yeah. At least this is like if and if like we don't do like that basic core, then like I don't know. I it it drives me crazy. So, but mm-hmm. I, I think we have to agree on those little things. Like if you're a racist piece of shit, get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Or you a know? lying sack of shit. Yeah. Or like. Or, yeah. or you, know. you know Trump. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm One literally love. freaked out that our country is so fucked up that that guy became the president. Like really. How did um, that happen? This, yeah, it's scary. Um, well, I mean, I know how it happened, and you know how it happened, and Russia knows how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, a lot of things lined up, and uh, it's not good. It's no, not good, man. it's not good. And so, I, but and things swing one way, and, and yeah. things need to swing back. So yeah. I opened a Twitter account just to fuck with him. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's positive. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. People just need to read a fucking book, yeah. you know? Or like, a transcript. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it. Okay. Thanks so much, Becca. Becca, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Oh, you're so very welcome. Thank yeah. you. That was great. Say your thanks, too. Thank you. Oh, you're so very welcome. Okay. Thanks for listening. Oh, shit. <laughs> I loved every second of it. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, what do you guys think? It's pretty good, huh? Yeah, that was great. Fucking. It's a great interview. Sick, dude. Yeah. It was all worth it to find out that Stu's favorite album of all time is Rock and Roll Nightmare. That made my day. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's such a cool record to cling to. Yeah. I love I love it. I love it. And Becca was great. Yeah. And uh, Forrest, ridiculous. Yeah. Dude. We're going to have to have Forrest on every time, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll just make that a part of a bit. Yeah, he's... Uh, he's... <laughs> The man. <laughs> what do you think I love him? Well, being in a band with him, it's, it's the best because it's slapstick all the time. Yeah. The way he Non-stop. tells it, dude, is gold. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's like, it's buying the equipment for the show sucks, obviously. You know, like, yeah. We, we bought a, uh, a fourth station, a fourth mic, and, and it's like, like, it, Putting it out money sucks for and hurts. Yeah. Um, but, but like seeing smash Forrest that Patreon. <laughs> smash it, smash it. But uh <laughs> see seeing Forrest is like the first time because people hit me up, they're like, Oh, maybe like you should videotape it and all this. And and I just think about like, dude, it takes hours. like I joke about not editing this fucking show, but I still have to like get the files, put them together, like and yeah. it, it's it's kind of a fucking process. Yeah. And like people just toss it out, they're like, Hey, you should videotape the pod too. And like it just to me, it was like, oh, I don't, I do not want to do that. Want to buy another piece of equipment? To watch I don't, I don't want to like, I don't like, do that. I don't want to do that editing. <laughs> we were like chilling on a lifetime table that we bought from Costco. <laughs> we're gonna take back tomorrow. Yeah, we're taking it back tomorrow. <laughs> um, and these chairs, Tony. What's up? But uh, yeah, and then but what my whatever I was going with that was like. I just wish everyone could watch Forrest tell a story, dude. Because his delivery goes beyond words. It's he's he's a yeah. a true character. He's very animated and yeah yeah. So maybe uh maybe what we can I got an idea. Just just keep smashing that button. We'll see. All right, guys. All right. We'll see you next time, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be back. Okay, cool. man.